Blog Talk Radio. Like, 
I can see it's like it drops little sequins, little like these little sequins are so delicate. The the more I move in it, the sequins like they kind of almost it's like they they I always lose a little bit. And so one of my friends was on um, line saying telling me what I already knew a while back to spray it with hairspray. That you know sometimes it keeps the sequins, especially if you got an overabundance of sequins or glitter, and that it sometimes helps it. So I may do that. But other than that, I may be wearing it for, like, the last part of the show, you know, because it's such a cute outfit. And just wear that <laughs> the last part of the show just for the gram <laughs> or just for some cute pics <laughs> or something like that. Well, I am so excited about hosting uh, Pamela Newton's uh, Modeling Academy. Okay, let me see. I, You know, you guys are probably like, okay, Carlotta, what is the information about it? Okay, let me see. Uh, let me look it up here. Uh, it's, it's crazy that I'm telling y'all about this And I don't have the information ready It's really, you know, nuts, okay So let me give you guys the um, information for it If you would like to get tickets I'm slow, child, today, okay Okay, uh, you guys can go to uh, eventbrite.com and look up uh, the second annual fashion show extravaganza by CEO Pam Newton. Okay, it's the second annual fashion show extravaganza by CEO Pam Newton. Uh, so definitely look that up and you know come out and see me. <laughs> and you know I've been thinking of like what am I gonna do? I never know. I'm an off the cuff person, so I'm sort of you know it depends on every crowd. So I'm, I'm, you know, the every this is my second time doing this or doing something like this. It's so weird because I grew up. My grandmother was a gospel singer. My y'all know this. I've told this story on here. My grandparents were gospel singers. So I grew up in the house where music was constantly in the house, and we were constantly going to gospel programs or programs or from R and B, jazz, all kind of stuff. So it was constantly music pumping through, especially gospel. And my grandmother was not only, she was a gospel DJ in the city, and so my grandmother used to be a big MC for gospel concerts. So I remember, like, going to the concerts, and my grandmother, you know, where I get my sense of humor for him, yeah, because some of y'all think I'm funny. I don't know. Some of y'all think I'm <laughs> <laughs> but where I get my sister humor from, my great-grandfather and my grandmother, because my grandmother, I mean, my grandmother was a bomb MC, okay? She was hilarious, funny, she could sing, everything. So, and I used to watch her all the time going to these shows since I was a little bitty girl and just watching her MC or do music and stuff like that. So it's so funny that, you know, I'm starting to do these little MC things. And it was funny, you know, it's like it came naturally a little bit. So far, right, so far, you know, you never know. But because I've been growing up watching her so much, and I'm a good talker, so <laughs> I learned also watching my, and, I, and here's the funny thing, because I tell you all all the time, I'm extremely shy, really, <laughs> but I'm not up on, you know, up on the thing. I am, I can be, really, I know, y'all like, what? Cry a lot of shit up. <laughs> no, it's true. I am, I can be the most quietest thing in the room, okay? But I still, you know, I still, I think I got so much of that from watching my grandmother. And so I think it's just hilarious now how I'm getting kind of, I use kind of things like my first time doing it, I was so, I was nervous, but nobody could probably tell. 
But I just talk to people like I'm having a conversation in the room. And I had, a bunch of my girlfriends came for my first event, to, and they supported me, and they loved on me, and they made it fun. And, you know, they had the audience, you know, they, they held me down. They were sitting where I could see them within eyesight and stuff. And it was great. My first one was great. So y'all pray for me that the second one going to be good too, okay? <laughs> y'all really pray for me. And I remember afterwards my girlfriend was like, you know, because I got the type of girlfriends that tell you the truth. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God, you're such a natural. You did so good. Everybody was laughing. People have fun. So I was so proud of that moment. So I'm excited to do this for Pam again. Shout out to Pam. Pam believed in me and said, you know, she can do it. And, man, here I am, you know, doing it again. So I'm excited, and, you know, it's all good. It's cool, okay? So I'm kind of getting back in my – you know, here is the funny thing about life. (laughs) There was some years, like, you know, I lay dormant in a lot of things. Like, I just – you know, I'm a naturally artsy person because my family are, are, like, are artists. Like, they're naturally artsy. And so I try to – kind of run away from that, but as I get older, which is weird, because, you know, when I was a young person, I could never imagine going into the arts older, (laughs) and so now that I'm older, you know, there are so many doors opening, I feel like God has a funny sense of humor, I really do, because there are so many doors now as an older woman that I feel like are opening up to me in the creative form, you know, like saying, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, who would have, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, you never know, so I, I'm, I'm excited about this, okay, so you guys, man, there's still so much to talk about, and let me see what else, so remember, Pamela Newton is next week, next Saturday, and I believe it starts at 4 o'clock, the 4 o'clock? It is it's from 4 to 8 p.m. I think afterwards they have a dance. They're having some sort of after, like an after party or something like that or whatever. But I'm excited about doing this. And y'all come out, see me, say hi <laughs> and all that, okay? So what's next, okay? Uh, let's see. What else are we supposed to be talking about? Y'all know how I am. Y'all know how I am. I get to talking. I'm like, okay. So this week I told y'all my week's been going pretty good. Uh, what did I do? What all did I did I have to? I'm get, you know what? I'm trying to get prepared because I'm trying to decide. Like we're supposed to go to Essence, and I'm trying to, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're in between. <laughs> we already, we're like, oh my God, you know, we're we're trying. We we don't want to go, but we're going, we're thinking we might we might go to Essence Festival. And here's the funny thing: it's Janet there, and y'all know how much I love Janet, but I got so much shit going on in July. <laughs> July's going to be busy So I'm ex- And then August I start back my last semester of school So it's like shit <laughs> I realize that the summer You know it's June is kind of the month Where it's kind of You know I got the fashion show But it's kind of It might be It's a little laid back for me Besides the fashion show right So um, This week I got to watch You know like go to Netflix And go late night stuff And trying to look at something to watch let me tell you what I came across, what good show I came across. It's actually, they said it came out in 2007. It ran from 2007 to 2011 in London. It is so good. <laughs> oh my God. I 
I've watched it. I've binged on it for like three nights, for three seasons. And it is the secret life of a call girl. Oh, oh my God. I'm like, what? This is so good. I can't wait. I haven't even told my friends about it yet. It is so, and I got this one friend. She likes crazy shit like me. And it is, it is just so good. I mean, it's like Sex in the City meets Late Night Cinemax. You know those little late night porn Cinemax things that used to come on Cinemax shows? <laughs> if you ever saw those on Cinemax, that's what it's like. Oh, my God, it is good. And it's not just the sex. I know you're like, Scorpio, oh, God, the Scorpio is just liking it for the sex. No, it is a great storyline. Now, I heard it's based off of a true story about a woman who is who was a hooker, in, a high-class hooker in London, and she wrote a book about her experiences and her life. Oh, my God, and this is what the series is about. And let me tell you, when it has so many interesting twists and turns, let me tell you something, okay? I'm, this is going to sound crazy what I'm about to say, but I got respect for some hoes out there. I got, I'm, at this moment, I'm like, damn, what the shit they do and put up with is crazy. And it it really takes you inside the life of this woman who is, she's not a low, like a street hooker, but she's a high-class hooker. And she she likes it. She doesn't just, like, she isn't in it just for the money. She's beautiful, and they got this character. The girl they got playing her is gorgeous. I mean, she's she's sly. She's the girl. I don't know who did that girl is. She's beautiful. So they picked. The, I mean, like an odd like beauty, you know, just like a odd type of beauty. But she is a gorgeous girl, and I feel like they picked the right character and the right right person to play the character, and it really takes you into like she has this best friend. Uh, and then she has she she a guy who's, who's a guy who's really in love with her, and then she has this other friend who is um, uh, who's a hooker, but she's like her best friend too. And it takes you on this adventure through her life of falling in love, has a hooker, <laughs> and you know, and the clients and how she handles the clients, high end clients. I mean, you know, she even she knows she. She it shows how she could go up the ladder in high end hooker stuff. I mean, I was watching it going, damn, shit. <laughs> I could probably do some shit like that when I was young. <laughs> no, seriously, no, because the sleeping together part wouldn't work. But the escorting part was pretty easy. But the sleeping with people, it was because she had to do some disgusting shit to me. But you know, it's interesting what people the type of intimacy that people need. That's what I love about the show because there's this, while there's the dark end of selling sex, which, you know, I mean, you know, it's a, we talked about Kayla Nicole last week, right? And y'all thought I kind of made it sound like she should be hookering. That's not what I'm saying. And I, I'm going to clarify that when we get to talking about that a little later on. But it what what you learn about you understand why prostitution is the oldest, um, <laughs> one of the oldest professions in the game because people need, in, 
intimacy in different ways. And even though they're having a what seems to be a non-intimate connection with another human being, one of the human beings is having it, which is a hooker. But sometimes they are, you know, from this girl's tale, they are having intimacy with their clients. And But the clients are looking for intimacy in different types of ways. And it's just so deep. I found it deep. You know, I even, there was points I was even crying on. I had little tears. I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a softie, okay? <laughs> you know, so I was like, man, I really love this show. I think it's worth the watch, ladies. If you're up late, Netflix, The Secret Life of a was it, was it Netflix? Was it Netflix or Amazon Prime? I think it was Netflix. Oh shit! I don't know if it was Amazon Prime or Netflix. Well, the name of it is The Secret Life of a Call Girl. Okay, it's based out of London. Good. I put it up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page so you can hit the link and watch it. Trust me. Okay. If you love Sex in the City, like I love Sex in the City, I thought Sex in the City was one of the greatest series that was ever written. I did, really, I did. I mean, seriously, I did. It, and it didn't matter that they were just all white women. It was just the subject matter and how the writers approached it. You know, some things were over the top, but for the most part, I loved it. So I, if you like stuff like that, you will love The Secret Life of a Call Girl. Trust me. It will surprise you. In many ways, it will surprise you about... About about this. it even you know I love stories like that because sometimes they help you um, under like like kind of understand things a little bit more and understand things about yourself in a certain way you know what I'm saying sexuality and and things like that so I found this show just dope and you know here's the thing <laughs> I am a scarf y'all y'all know I always talk about it on here right. My Virgo moon is very prudish, <laughs> but I'm a Scorpio with a Leo ascendant, okay? And I have, like, uh, tons, I'm a, and I'm a black little Scorpio, so if you, people can look that up, you know what that means, okay? So I I feel, uh, like, an odd connection to when I look at weird things. Like, I, I this is going to sound strange, odd thing about hookers and strippers, <laughs> I feel such an affinity for for the not that I want to be one, no, but there's this odd fascination with them and what they do because I think people don't understand uh, that it's more than uh, like sex in the profession. Those professions, even though I wouldn't advise anybody to do that for their life and everything, however, there is a sort of kind of, and this is going to sound odd, but a respect for understanding it in some way. So really weird. I don't know. But you guys, check it out. And it's about high-end call girls, so it's a whole different. I've watched the ones on the cheap call girls, too, <laughs> the cheap hookers. I've watched pips up, hoes down. <laughs> but I act because I don't understand no pips. Shit, I don't understand. But this one, they have a madam. But this one, well, she's not a madam. She's called an agent. But, shit, I don't understand nobody taking your money because I'd be like, shit, you can't, you can't book clients yourself, but they have connections because agencies in this particular story have connections to high-end customers, and they protect you 
within, like they have a system of protection for the girls. So high-end prostitution, even though it's kind of they have their own dangers, but it's a different thing. You know, it's like um, like you, you, you might go out with uh, some big movie star or rock star or something like that who – who has a particular thing or something like that or needs an escort to a thing. It's crazy because, you know, it's people like you think could get anybody, and they're hiring hookers. It's wild, okay? So uh, check it out, The Secret Life of a Call Girl. It, it's, I, thought, I found it fascinating, really good uh, series. And they only have three years of the series. But I hear there is actually four seasons, so I need to know. Anybody out there know where four season four is or whatever? Because I need to see season four, okay, because it lasted four seasons. So I, I'm ready to see. <laughs> All right. All right, you guys. So normally I would go into it's a word. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, I don't really know if I have one. Seriously. I really, I thought about it, and there was, you know, I didn't really have any energy. Let me think here for a second. The one thing, I will say this, that I feel like, there's a couple of things, okay? I'm going to play an Oprah Winfrey clip because I really like something that Oprah, it was an old thing, that repost that I had earlier this week that I really love that Oprah talked about on her Super Soul Conversations. So I'm going to play a clip of that, of a young woman talking about that you can love people but not have them in your life for various reasons and stuff like that. I think that's important. Um, so I'm going to play that. It's going to be a separate issue word. But... For me this week, it's a word. Perception is everything, you know? (laughs) I mean, perception, we can perceive certain things and be completely wrong about them. You know what I'm saying? Or we can perceive certain people, things, situations and not really have a clue of what we're like, where you think one thing's happening and there's another thing completely going on. (laughs) So I would say that this week, and as we're coming into the summertime and all this craziness is going around in the world, I think how we perceive things is important. Our perception of people, relationships, things are important. And let me tell you, I feel like this year, I think that, you know, people may have start to perceive things differently in their life. I know I have been. I don't know, you know, 49 is a big, it feels like a big year for me because I'm like, what is my perception about getting older? You know, I know I talk to y'all about this all the time on here, right? But how do I perceive myself as I get older because I still so youthful and 
and everything, and maybe it's partly, you know, some of my friends said, you're not a parent. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's it. I don't know, but um, I don't know, I feel like I'm a parent in my soul. You know, I parent my little, I feel like I, I have some, you know, I don't parent, but I feel like I uh, love and give wisdom sometimes to younger people who are in my life that I love, right? You know what I'm saying? So my soul is mothering. <laughs> but um, I think that that how I'm I'm trying to per, how you perceive as you move on in this journey what's what's appropriate how do you how do you handle moving forward in different things and stuff like that I feel like perception is going to count so much as we begin to. Uh, move in this year as we examine our lives, uh, people around us, relationships, uh, family, all kinds of things. I think that our perception of them will become clearer as we move towards the end of the year. And it, and I really feel like as we going into the next year, and this is kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to listen back to this and I'm going to understand it. I hope you guys understand it, but as we move into the next year, I feel like we will have shaped certain ideas and things like that that will take us into new territory. I really feel like that. Not everybody, but some people who will go into new territory and that things may be very different. You know what I'm saying? So... I think your perception is everything right now, and that's that's all. And and how and discerning that perception, and understanding how you perceive a thing. Okay, I hope you guys get that. I don't know. That's just my that's my. It's a word that I made up off the cuff, but it's really what I was feeling. It's really what I've been feeling, kind of off the cuff. You know. <laughs> I mean, I you know. Yeah. And I think that we can easily assume things. You know what I'm saying? We can easily make assumptions that that we may see a certain way, but other people don't see a certain way or other things don't see. So it's very important to get clear. There it is. It's very important this year. Oh, 2022. Clarity. Clarity. I've been, I, that's, that's just in life. It is important to get clarity in and, and not just have the perception, your perception of things, but getting the clarity of those around you about understanding a thing. Clarity is going to be so important. You know, I was talking to a, a relative this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm understanding what y'all is the word is now. <laughs> okay. I was talking to a, a relative, was it this week or something like that? And they had an idea that I'm, you know, I'm, I personally, as I'm listening to it, I'm not with it. <laughs> as what we have, we we having a dis- discussion. My perception and their perception is not the same. And I had to say to myself, as I was getting, so you know, because I can get too, you know, I'm a fighter. <laughs> you know, if y'all can't tell, not a fighter like you know, like literally go go to blows if I got to. But I, I'm not talking about that. But I'm a fighter in my spirit. So if I feel like something is off, I'm coming at you. No, I don't think that. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Y'all know from all here, right? But I had to I had to pull myself back because I had to say, your perception of this matter 
It's very different from their perception of this matter. And somewhere is the truth in between all of this. You know what I'm saying? And some things also you ha- I had to perceive and look at is this is this my battle? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I had to really just say because of the information I had, which was limited, I had to decide this wasn't my battle. And while I perceive a certain thing, his his or she's hers their perception is not the same. Okay, and so uh, but there was clarity in the conversation. I had to reiterate things so I can make sure I got clear of their perception of things. That there was a clarity and that I had an understanding of what they wanted to do and an understanding about what they, where they were at. And I had to gain clarity in that moment to understand how I would respond and how I would react. Okay? So let me just say this to you guys, okay? This year not only is perception important, I was having perception in my head, but it's not just a perception. It's clarifying things with people, getting clarity. If there's a situation that's foggy as fuck to you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you like out here going, this is foggy. I don't even know what the fuck. What is people going to do? If people holding you up and you, you, you up here trying to figure out what's going on and stuff like that, damn that. Give me clarity. If you can't give me clarity, then, you know what I'm saying, then it's foggy as fuck, and I don't need to be worried about it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because there's some people that try to tie you up. You While you're sitting over here assuming a certain thing, they moving in other directions. They going around doing all kind of other shit. And you like, what? And so because there was never clarity in the matter. So that's what I'm talking about because I feel like deception is so high out here that it is important to get fucking clarity from people. <laughs> in your family situations, in your marriage situations, sometimes even you got some, you know, and you, and your your relationships and in relationships sometimes shit ain't clear. And sometimes some things are left unclear certain times and everything like that. But especially in those arenas, you know what I'm saying? At your workplace, get clarity, get fucking clarity, understand what the fuck is going on. <laughs> So you won't be left behind, but getting clarity so that you won't be assuming a thing and working towards a thing when somebody else or some other or another group or your job or anybody else is on another on other shit. So it's important to get some clarity and clarification. Did I make myself get? This y'all, it's a word. I love that. This y'all, it's a word. I thought it was coming. I just didn't know what it was. Clarity and perception is everything. And that is your, it's a word. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I also said I was going to play this clip from Oprah Winfrey that I really, really love. And it's from one of her soul conversations. And she's talking uh, in this, she's talking to Tara Westover about love. And you know what? I think this is a matter of perception, too, even though it's a very different subject. But this is going to be your second it's a word today because I feel like somebody might need it out here. So let me play it. Hopefully y'all can hear it, okay? So let me get it ready, the clip ready, so y'all for y'all. All right, here we go. Okay, I thought here we go. It's everything that it's the first tribe and the last tribe. Culture, I think, many cultures. That family is everything, that it's the first tribe and the last tribe. 
that family is alpha and omega. And you said something in an interview that I, I was really struck by, its power. And this is for everybody in the room who's watching and anybody who's watching who needs to hear it. You said you can love someone and still choose to say goodbye to them. You can miss a person every day and still be glad that they're no longer in your life. I think y'all are clapping because y'all know that's the truth, right? And I think that for a lot of people that's a contradiction, that if you love, then you're supposed to put up with it no matter what, and that if you, you know, are missing them, then you can't also be glad that they're gone. But, I mean, I think there's such power and wisdom in that. I think there was a long time for me I thought because I loved them, that meant maybe I had made the wrong decision, or because I missed them, and then I would second-guess myself, and think, oh, because I missed them, it must mean that I made a mistake. And it, it took me a really long time to figure out that, yeah, love is just love. One of the last things that ha happened between me and my father, the last time I saw him, he came over and he gave me this really awkward side hug, and he said to me, um, I love you, you know that? And I said, I do. That has never been the issue. And I always knew my father loved me. Of course I knew he loved me. And I don't think my dad did anything that he did from a lack of love. And I think we do love a real disservice when we make it about control and power and changing people. And that's not what it is. You love people. You give them that for free. And, and then you decide whether that's something that you want to have in your life. And the alternative is to say, well, I'm going to change them, and then I'll have them in my life. And that's not love. That's not what love is. That's not what it does. That's not the power that it has. So I, I, I would say with my own family, I love them now. I'm estranged from half my family. I love them very much. But I've accepted the fact that I need them to change the habit in my life, and whether or not they change is something I have no control over. And you write that every time you return to your father's house, in your mind you were still kind of that 16-year-old girl, and that your final transformation, you say, was the one that allowed you to actually break free from your family, uh, occurred when inside your mind you stopped being the daughter your father raised and became your own self. I think for me it comes down to being able to conceive of a different thing than the life you have in front of you. There's a, there's a scripture that I really like. Um, it's about faith. It's my favorite scripture. I loved it when I was Mormon, and I love it, and I'm not Mormon still. I still love it. And it's Hebrews, I think it's 11.1, 1, and it says that um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And Church people! And I think for me, there was one of the things that made it hard for me to let go of my family was not being able to imagine any kind of future or life that didn't have them in it. And I think that's what everybody does. We grow up in these families and we learn certain patterns and we think that we're all liberated and changed and then as soon as we get back in that situation, we repeat those patterns. Or worse, very often we have dysfunctional family relationships and then we go out into the world and we find people who will repeat that pattern yeah. with us. Some people we, never leave it. Yeah. We attract those people. And I think I love this idea of faith as, as a belief in a, in a better world, in a different world, in a different life than you've experienced, love that you may not have experienced yet. But to let go of what is and try to see what, what things could be, 
I think of as a really amazing intersection between faith and education because it's those two things together. It's the ability to see your life as it is and imagine a different life. Okay, that's from Oprah's uh, Super Soul Conversations. I love that conversation because I've had to do that to people in my family and stuff like that. And, and, and you know, and at the time I, it was a hard decision. People were angry with me for doing it and stuff like that. But it was for my peace. It was for their peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? But I love what she said. She has such a beautiful, and it's just not family. I mean, sometimes you can love a person. You know what I'm saying? And you can be in relationships and love somebody and you just be like, you know, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> you know, a lot of, I, you know, I know I have people I know right now who went on and to moved into other relationships and loving relationships and stuff like that, but they had to let go of somebody they really were in love with. And uh, the reason why, and, and people say, oh, well, why aren't you with them? And they said, I, it was too much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. We were battling to change each other and, and stuff like that. So people have, so sometimes it's not just that, but, you know, it's not just family, but it's relationships too. And the beautiful thing is that um, I love what she said is having the faith to imagine that you can live something different and then the patterns that you grew up in. And I just had a, a discussion about this recently with a, a relative. It was interesting, and we had this same discussion. Very interesting, though. Yeah, but, yeah, that's y'all. It's a word. That's both y'all. It's a word moment, okay? All right, you guys. Now that we've got that out the way, it is time when I come back from break <laughs> for a hot topic. So we got chat. We got so much to talk about. Monique is out here in these streets causing a ruckus again. <laughs> now, y'all know I go hard for Monique, okay? But this time, I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Johnny Depp winning that trap. Johnny, Johnny Depp just put the, stack, uh, the dagger to me, too. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that. We got so much to talk about, a whole lot. Is Nick Cannon out here about to have more babies? The rumor is that Nick Cannon is about to have more babies. Now, at this point, I think these bitches are just crazy. (laughs) Whatever, idiot, you know. Not bitch, ladies, I think you're crazy. But uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk. We got so much stuff to talk about in hot topics. Joe Biden out here don't have no solutions. Y'all just going to have. We just going to have high ass groceries and high ass gas. Gas is hot. Gas is hot as fuck. Okay, okay, it's hot. Don't nobody even want to go nowhere. People are like shit. shit damn. <laughs> So we're going to talk about that. We got so much to uh, talk about. But meanwhile, before we uh, get into uh, the hot topics, y'all know I got to go into some music. Okay, see, what am I going to play for y'all? I didn't have, you know what, you know, I didn't have, you know how I normally, y'all know how I be, it'd be a mess on here. I be thinking, you know, of songs, but I never am just, is it, is the music up? Hold on. Let me see. Is the song up I want to play? Y'all know I'd be a mess out here. Okay, let me see. Okay, we're going to get into some music What we're going to start off with is 
I had, oh, I know, Estelle and John Legend. I love this one, okay? We used to play it on here all the time, Fall in Love. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. It's late night hot, to- hot topics. I know I usually come on on, well, I haven't been coming on Saturdays lately. I've been coming on late night. But y'all get it. Shout out to a whole bunch of, listen, I got like a, for the last couple of weeks, y'all have really been, I don't know, y'all been listening to the show and really like hitting the like button. Y'all starting to hit the like button on the, you know, on the thing. So I don't know if it's some of my old, no, it's new followers. So I've been getting some new followers. Shout out to y'all who listen to this show. Shout out to the new followers listening to all the chat with show and following the page and everything. Hello to y'all. Uh, thanks for uh, joining uh, joining the show, my little crew, okay? Uh, thank you so much, and you know what? Just want to shout y'all out. Let's start off with uh, John Legend, uh, Estelle. Let's fall in love. I'll be back in a moment. Let's just fall in love.
is so underrated of an artist. Man, it's like there are so many great artists out here I feel like are so underrated. And I talk about this all the time, like Rasan Patterson, which is one of my favorites. Oh, my God, that boy bad. And Kevin is one of them. Just dope, okay? Dope fire, okay? Just, man, and it, I mean, and I mean, he he just, I mean, he... He's just got a beautiful voice, and it's just, I mean, I, he's one of the artists I think should be out. I wish we heard more from. But, yeah, Tevin Campbell, y'all, back to the world. It is the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I am back tonight. I'm doing late night. I know. I said I'm going to get back to Saturday shows. Shit, y'all. Ain't happened yet. Shit, I got shit to do, okay? <laughs> we going to we gonna get to Saturday shows. I know y'all be wanting the Saturday shows and the day shows. Y'all like, we don't get the car, we don't get the car, we don't get to do this, we can't listen to it. I'm, it's going okay. I'm gonna start back to Saturday shows, and y'all better just be just holding, stop holding the line, and fucking call and say something then, <laughs> okay? So we back here on late night show. Okay, this is an interesting thing I saw. Now I have a girlfriend, one of my best girlfriends. I'm talking about her. On, Oh my God! Hold on. It's already started playing. My thing. Okay. So listen. So one of my best girlfriends. I always talk about her on here. She is what I call the OCD one, <laughs> Malika. <laughs> and she is like Malika. If you go out with her anywhere, you better make sure. Or if you cooking. If you cook, like, we had a good guy for years ago when we, 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 we all used to work together named Rick. And Rick could cook his ass off, right? Mexican guy, and we used to go to his house, hang out for parties and stuff like that. So Malika, Rick's having a get-together with all of us and stuff. Malika, <laughs> we're all close. We're all close friends, right? And so Malika shows up at Rick's house, like, an hour before everybody. Why? <laughs> And when I come into the door, Rick is like, you know your friend was here like an hour early, and you know why she was here. I'm like, why? He said, to watch me cook. (laughs) And she was like, "Uh uh-uh, I just want to see that he clean. I'm not playing that. She does not play. And then she gets her food before anybody. (laughs) She probably, she she listens to the show tonight. She's listening to the show later on in the archives. She's going to be so mad at me, but. She she just does not. She's like get her food before anybody. I mean, and when we used to work, where we used to work at Hallmark, I don't know if I told the story on here. We had this one lady, okay. So Malika sees everything. So when she's showing her pictures at work, this lady showed her pictures, and she had this one picture, real cute picture of her cat in the at the like climbing like the refrigerator's door is open, and the cat's kind of standing on its hind legs in the. On the refrigerator, Malika took note of that, <laughs> right? So when the lady bought in food, right? So we all about to go for some of the food the lady go for. So Malika comes back there where all of us is getting ready to eat. She does this all the time. Then she does it. She's done it like three or four times with us. Once she caught us in the middle of eating, but she we getting ready to get into this girl. We ain't even got into the food yet. She goes. Mm. She's like, ooh, I can just see it now. I bet this cat fur all in that food. And we just all got quiet. We were like, what? And she was like, remember, she had that cat just on its hind legs in that refrigerator. <laughs> all of us go, all of us just walk away and be like, shit, we can't eat. Ain't nothing we can eat now. 
girl, you know you can't eat. You can't eat nothing now because she's in, but she done grossed you out. She and she's she moves on about her life. But she refused, she's she's that kind of person. So when this article, I saw this article this week, I sent it to her. I mean, she's like, I knew it. I knew it. That's why I've only ordered a pizza once in my life. I, I send her these things just so she can go off, right? But it's a it's an article from www.studyfinds.org that says eight in ten delivery workers admit to eating a customer's food. Oh, disgusting! Okay, it says ordering takeout tonight. It might be a good idea to pick it up for yourself. A new survey finds eight in ten delivery. Workers admit to eating part of the care, their customer's order. Oh, my God. Oh, disgusting. Okay, so let's listen to a little bit of this report from Study Fives. Okay, check this out. Well, if you're ordering takeout tonight, it might be a good idea to go and pick it up yourself. <laughs> According to a report at Study Finds, Eight in ten delivery workers admit to eating a customer's food. <laughs> that bites. Oh, here all week. A new survey finds eight in ten food delivery workers admit to eating part of their customer's order. See, I knew it. <laughs> I never wanted to order delivery like that. According to the poll of more than 500 delivery drivers stealing a customer's fries or putting their sticky fingers on someone's chicken may not even be the most disgusting thing that happened on the way to the front door. One in four drivers confess that they've hooked up with someone in their vehicle. For those of you who don't know, that's what the young people call it when they do the sex now, I guess. One in ten have urinated on or near a customer's home. Oh my, <laughs> get off my lawn. Really, I'll let the dog out. She's vicious. Another 10% say they've had to urinate in a bottle while making their deliveries. 23% say they've intentionally damaged packages, and 17% have stolen them or opened them and resealed them. <laughs> Why is this happening? According to researchers, 73% of drivers say it's because the customers give bad tips, and about 30% accuse customers of tip baiting when they use services like Instacart. That's where a customer places an order online, and then they type in like this really big tip that they intend to give, and then after they get the delivery, they zero out the tip. Now that is pretty crappy. I mean, you're asking for a loogie in your food or getting eggs or something. I presume with gas prices the way they are now too, it's probably not too tough to push a driver right to the edge or over. 57% say they can't stand it when customers let their dogs bark and harass them during the drop-off. I can see where that's an issue. I have sometimes been guilty of that one. Three in ten say customers are simply unfriendly when they receive their goods. Wow. Okay, so that's a, a, a talk from study, uh, org. You guys can see, I mean, studyfinds.org. You guys can listen to the rest of our article, rest of that commentary on there. Disgusting. Disgusting. I see it around here. I, listen, I'm a person that does not order DoorDash, any of that. Let me tell you, I do. I may order, I may order a pizza. And, you know, now I'm funny about that. But I, I let me tell you why I don't order DoorDash, because I've seen the way it's been left on people's doorsteps. Fuck that. Okay, it was just, I mean, I'd be like, dang, one time I saw a person's stuff lay and sit out there for like about an hour. And I was like, I know bugs and stuff done piled all up in the food. It's just, I mean, 
you know, and I and it wasn't it, it it's just uh, and then I saw I saw years ago like when DoorDash and stuff first started, not just DoorDash, any of these food places, but when they first started, it was one particular they showed a per, one of the delivery people in the bathroom with the with the with the bag they carried deliveries in. I forget which 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 order and place it was, but they was in the bathroom with the order. I said, oh hell no, and I sent that to, I sent that to my friend, my girlfriend's like, nope, nope. <laughs> She's really disgusted. <laughs> when I sent her this article, she went into paranoia overdrive, talking about nobody's going to order. Let me tell you how bad she is, okay? I will have to tell you this. There's one of my favorite, favorite places in Kansas City when I go home. I go to Topsy's Popcorn because I love Topsy's Popcorn. I know that Garrett shit, they got, Garrett's over there in St. Louis, it's good, but nothing can top Topsy's, okay? I love Topsy's, okay? So I go to Topsy's Popcorn and give me some popcorn. And so I had got like two or three bags, and she was taking me to the airport back from when I went to, went to, went to uh, when I came uh, home to, uh, when I came home from Maxwell or something, was, I forget what it was. I think it was, a, I came home from Maxwell to St. Louis, just this year, right? And so I had brand new things of popcorn. I had probably only ate a little bit out of my kettle popcorn, just a smidge, right? Tell you, this is my friend. This is one of my besties, okay? So here, this is this is what. So I leave the popcorn, my bags of popcorn, in the car when I'm getting out to the airport, right? Forget all about it. And I call her up and I say, hey, you can have the popcorn. Not fucking thinking that she's an OCD. She's, you know, she's got kids and everything, but kids aren't OCD, but she is. I wasn't fucking thinking about it. I forgot all about it. <laughs> and my other girlfriend, who used to host this show, Brandy, goes, right, see, on the thing, says, I'm going to send you some more popcorn because you know your popcorn is just going to get thrown in the trash. <laughs> and I said, what? And she calls me up and she goes, my other friend calls me up and said, yeah, you know, one of them, I think, was kind of open, but I kept the new one for the kids. I said, girl, I barely ate out of that kettle popcorn. My hands is clean. Uh, no. <laughs> Seriously. I, this, this is no lie. Stop telling you, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> she's crazy like that, okay? So I so she's totally grossed out by this. And this is disgusting for delivery people. I mean, you know, uh, listen, be careful. I know people tip crappy out here in these streets and stuff like that but be careful with that because it can get you people will start to stop you know ordering carry out at all and where does that leave you and your work you know so i always try to give the best service even though when people, i understand the world is full of jerks and stuff like that but don't be a jerk back you know and fuck with people's food that's messed up i'm drinking and talking to y'all i know how i be doing up in here what am i drinking I think I'm drinking seagrams. I have this thing for Jamaican me punch. Is that what it is? Jamaican me happy or something like that? Yeah, slate. I know. But Prince Harry, Meghan Markle booed while leaving service of Thanksgiving. Other royals received loud cheers. My, oh my, how the world turns. <laughs> Harry, the last time I saw Harry, he was in the chicken coop. Uh, it's just quick.
Queen Elizabeth II is celebrating 70 years on the British throne. Queen Elizabeth has been her ass. Her ass looks like she's about to fall off that throne. But Elizabeth is that bitch, okay? Elizabeth's like, bitch, I'm going to have to fall off this throne before y'all get near it. <laughs> That's a Taurus over there. That Taurus is hanging on stubbornly. She's like, I'm going to be probably 150 before I get out of this bitch, and I'm going to keep my power every piece of it. <laughs> Y'all going to Elizabeth going to fall off the throne, okay? <laughs> but uh, it says, according to FoxNews.com, it says Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were booed as they left St. Charles Cathedral on Friday morning. The couple attended Queen Elizabeth's II service of Thanksgiving, an event included in her uh, Majesty's, Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. The Queen herself was not in attendance due to some discomfort she experienced on Thursday. Marco and Harry left the church to booze while Prince and Kate Middleton, Middleton received cheers. And listen, that ain't because people want to see Kate Middleton. I'm going to I'm get on this in a minute about Kate Middleton because y'all trying to sell, y'all been trying to sell her ass off. Kate is not no Diana. Y'all know she ain't interesting. Y'all, she's she kind of a boring, and so you know you ain't gonna never get that out of her. <laughs> they they bad because they ain't gonna get that out of her. <laughs> it just ain't coming. She's a nice girl, uh, but it says the forty year old former actress uh, wore a monarch monochrome outfit and cream. She accessorized with clothes, top, toe pumps, a hat, and gloves. The official birthday of the queen kicked off Thursday with uh, tropping uh, trooping the color. Color and the lighting of beacons. Friday's main event was the service of Thanksgiving, which occurred in the morning at St. Paul's Cathedral. The service of Thanksgiving is one event of many to occur throughout the week. And uh, weekend have Britain has Britain celebrate 70 years of Queen Elizabeth II's reign. It follows silver, gold, and diamond jubilee celebrations in 1977, 2002, 2012, which marked 25, 50, and 60 years on the throne. Jubilees are usually marked with a combination of ceremonial, military displays, a church service, and street parties. It really tells you that while Britain is looked at as a democracy, it really is a monarchy. It really is. No, 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 that's real shit. Okay, yes, the parliament has some power and a little bit more than it has normally had over the years, but Elizabeth is still the fuck in charge. Okay. This is what it is, okay? Uh, the events begin on June 2nd and continue through June the 5th. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk about Harry and, and Megan for a minute. Because, you know, I have a theory on Megan. Y'all know I don't, I'm not that into Megan. And here's the thing about Megan Markle. I feel like, and this is my theory, and this is from articles I've read from her before she was Megan Markle. The Prince, Prince, the Duchess And Here is a girl I believe That grew up in a white More white world She she did not probably Even though her mother is a black woman I feel like she did not identify With the black cultural Culture overall That her identity Has mostly been steeped in her biracialness And being more on the white side And I feel like she didn't give a fuck about that either. I mean, she might have said, yeah, I'm half back, and she, you know, for talk. But I don't really feel like she gave a fuck about it, really. I'm going to tell you the truth. But then, 
and most of her white princes in America, you know, they you know they'll play that shit. You know, even every now and then you will hear somebody call you a, a nigga. But now America's got politically correct, so the, the racists know how to hide calling somebody niggas and stuff like that. They know how to hide that, okay? But Megan, what I feel what happened with Megan Markle is that Megan Markle thought that was going to continue as she goes over into the colonizer's territory, right? <laughs> and she goes over into royalty. Listen, and she has a lot of things. Megan was going to be the star because there was a couple of things Megan was intriguing about Megan. Megan had been a divorcee. Megan was an actress. Megan uh, is biracial. She's American, okay? Now, it was like Harry was I mean, and you rejecting all the bitches in London to come over here and marry this divorced little half black girl, okay? I'm telling you what, they, what a lot of people are thinking. So she's coming over there at a deficit and at a plus, okay? A deficit just for being black. Because you got a lot of racists in America, I mean in, in the U.K. But in a deficit for, in um, a deficit for being American, not part of, she's still not a part of the whole thing. And, you know, because you see how they treat, that man had to give him a piss thrown in uh, 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 Elizabeth's uncle. You know, when he married a white American woman, okay, who was a divorcee. That was old school, but they still got a lot of that shit in them, Okay. So Megan was coming over at a deficit, but Megan was naive. That heifer thought she was going to get over there, and they was going to still treat her like a white girl, but they let her know what the fuck time it was. But it's like, what color is that baby going to be? <laughs> See, she had never been treated like that. They brought, they gave her real racism in her face. They let her know all day, you are not one of us, and you's a little black girl. Oh, yes, they did. No, not you, bad racial. You was a little black girl. What color is that baby going to be? What color? And then, because they, 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 they gave her ass such a hard time, they allegedly she's up in the palace crime, feeling suicidal and shit like that, that she had never been treated like that. She had never been treated like a black person. Never had to identify with the shit. Until them royals let her know what the fuck time it was. Now this helpful ran back over here crying and trying to hang out with all the black people. But I stopped. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't even recognize. I'd be like, Megan Markle, the little white woman, Megan Markle. I don't even call her black. Do you know black I mean, black people? I don't. Even, I'm don't. I've never celebrated Megan Markle marrying Prince here. And then I think Megan is a social climber. Okay, so you know it is what it is. Damn, they booed you. It's tough out here, sis. It's tough in these royal streets. It's tough being a duchess. And a little black duchess at that. It is what it is. It is fine. She got her wake-up call. What Paul, Paul Mooney used to call it? The end wake-up call. She got it. They gave it to her over in Britain. Now, America probably gave it to her in little doses where she could ignore it. But no, in Britain, they like, nah, bitch, we getting ready to give you this wake-up call. <laughs> And now she won't come back over here crying because they didn't accept her as a white girl. Now they over there booing her and everything. Child, because she took the prince and put him in the chicken coop. 
Y'all like, Carlotta, what are you talking about Prince Harry being in the chicken coop? Y'all don't remember on Oprah when they did that interview and the, the interview ended in what I call symbolism, symbolic. I said, oh, my God, that's like symbolism. Harry had his ass standing in the chicken coop feeding kids. Chickens, and I said, "Look at the prince in the chicken coop. She got the prince in the chicken coop. That's how far out of his lane he's in." <sighs> I'm not surprised they're booing you, darling. And see, had she had some of that energy of a of a young black woman, and she had grew up in in culturally more places where she had to identify as black. She would have been tougher with them. Like me, I wouldn't marry Harry. I would have been like, you know what color this baby going to be. Don't be cute. <laughs> See, they would, they would have either hated me or loved me. <laughs> you know, here's the funny thing, but they damn sure would have respected me, right? But she didn't, She wasn't used to being treated like that. And you know where I first learned that, my a lesson about race years ago. My grandfather. <laughs> My grandfather worked for a construction company, majority white people. And a lot of, in the, in those days, it was a lot of, like, some of it was overt racism, but there was still straight-up racism and stuff like that. But my grandfather was one of them old-school black men. He would come into the office, and literally he, he talked back to him. He'd, do, he'd say all kinds of shit. I'd be like, ain't no way. <laughs> like, there's no way. There's no way that my grandfather, you know, my grandfather just never was, never wanted to, count, like, back down to um, to uh, white racist energy. As a matter of fact, he would engage it. <laughs> and I remember him bringing me into their offices when I was a little girl, and everybody thought I was a biracial baby. I don't look like, I didn't have hair like a biracial baby. I don't know, because I was real high yellow. So they was all like, Levi. <laughs> I could hear them saying this. Oh, she's so cute, Lee. Lee, like, is she? Is she have? And my grandfather, because <laughs> they would be trying, and they, and they would do it in such a way. I didn't know at the time what they were doing, but as I get older, I'm understanding. My grandfather would say stuff like, "Uh-uh, nope, she is not no peckle." <laughs> now, excuse me, white people, but that's the kind of stuff he would say, <laughs> and they'd all start laughing. <laughs> she ain't one of y'all. Don't start that shit. She's blah blah blah, you know, and all this stuff. And, I mean, they would laugh and joke with my grandfather. They loved my grandfather, respected my grandfather. And I remember him having his retirement when he retired. And they had such a big, huge thing for him. I said, they so happy you leaving. They giving you the biggest fucking party. <laughs> but I, as I said in his retirement party, every person that came up, they all had a funny story or something like that. But there was so much respect for him, even when he left, because he didn't back down to him. He even if they didn't like what he had to say or didn't like what he did. I mean, and when he when even over the years when he, I remember his boss calling and wanting him to go to out of the country with him in different places. They still missed him. They want they call every Levi. Can you come in? I was like, wow. You know, and, but as, like, as crazy as my grandfather used to be, I remember one time my grandfather was doing work in construction for, uh, like, one of the houses for his boss or whatever, and he went over to pave the concrete or something in front of the house, and we were over there. We were at this big house. It was beautiful. It was in a white neighborhood, just a really nice neighborhood and stuff like that. And this white lady every day would look out the window. <laughs> 
she thought it was us moving in. <laughs> and my grandfather, she just be looking, you know, and she wouldn't say anything to us. We were there like three or four days. He would take, he took me and my grandmother with us, with us. And so finally, on the fourth day, she comes outside the house and she goes, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> Are you moving in? And, you know, and my grandfather, knowing that, you know, the, the energy is because he understood the time. Like, it was like, you know, hopefully there's no black family moving in. But my grandfather said something that makes them really scared. He goes, no, we're not moving in. I'm over here doing some work for the boss. But I hear it's a, a Spanish family, Mexican family moving in. It's about eight of them. My grandfather says this to her. The woman's face is like, oh, like looking like eight. He said, yeah, uh, I think Doug sold the house. And so when my grandfather gets back to work, gets back to work the following Monday, his boss comes up and says, Levi, you're going to get my fucking house burned. <laughs> he said, tell her nosy ass to stay in the house. She didn't speak for us for days. And then she came out to see if we was moving in or whatever. I wanted to teach her a lesson, but it was my grandfather, because it was in those days, they were, it was much more high racism, even for Hispanic people. So, you know, so it was hilarious. But my grandfather used to do shit like that. And in the end, these people had so much respect for him because he stood his ground. Sometimes when you stand your ground with people, and you don't you don't let racism energy hit you. You more respected. You might not be all the way like, but you respected for damn sure. So I learned that lesson as a young girl. And I felt like I learned that from my grand, grandfather to always be forward, <laughs> not in quite the way he was because it was a different time, but to be forward about my thoughts and what I thought. thought. But to not, you know what I'm saying? To not be able to back down from an energy that is, you know that can be intimidating racially, you know what I'm saying, or I know how to handle the energy in the room, right? So it's very interesting. That's my little short story with that, y'all. But that's what, when I think about people like Meghan Markle being in that, I would that atmosphere wouldn't have fucked with me at all. I would have been letting them know, <laughs> especially when they ask stupid questions. I would have just engaged me, but, you know, but for her, that was very disheartening because she had never been treated like that before. And she didn't know how to handle an energy of being treated like what they treat niggas. She didn't know how that, that was. And so she she was up in her room crying and having a hard time instead of giving it back to him in full, full throttle. <laughs> That's what she should have been doing, giving it back. And she still should be giving it back. But she, you know, she got the prince in the chicken coop. So much for her. All right, so in other news, um, let me see, Biden. We talked about, did we talk about Biden yet? Biden, this is from townhall.com. Are y'all ready to admit that Biden sucks out here? I mean, all you, all, a lot of my Democratic friends, you know, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm an independent, but I lean more conservative. I can sometimes lean very uh, uh, liberal. You know, I'm in between. I can be, some people might say libertarian. I don't know. But a lot of my Democratic friends, they're like, damn. <laughs> they're not really, they're not ready to admit they miss Trump, I, even though I know they do. I know they miss Donald. Yes, they do. They do. They miss him. <laughs> they don't want to admit it, though, because Donald was the reason they ran out in droves 
unthinking. And they weren't even thinking, they just weren't thinking and voted for Trump because they bought into this huge misconception about Donald Trump. Even though Donald Trump could have his shit and he wasn't sometimes very likable and he could have racial shit, but they they bought into a whole scenario and it was like, oh, my God, we got to go this and that. Instead of going to vote down ballots or something like that, they ran out here and drove and voted for a bum-ass ticket. <laughs> And now they are, they don't understand why they got a bum-ass president, because you made a bum-ass decision. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Biden finally admits he has no real solution to lowering gas and food prices. This is according to townhall.com. It says uh, fuel costs have nearly doubled since Joe Biden took office just over a year ago. God damn, it's only been a year? Shit, they talking like I'm in the third year. It's only been... It's only been a year or something? Shit. He says, well, we're coming up, we're almost on two year, right? Damn. It, it felt like we're on the third or fourth, like it's almost the end. That's how much it's that long Joe, Joe's been messing up. It's so long, it feels long. <laughs> Biden took office with Jesse over a year ago with price highs, prices in the U.S. reaching a historical national average of $4.72 per per gallon. This comes at a time where Americans are already feeling the pain of inflation at only the pumps, but at grocery stores and trying to pay their rent. Shit, I went to a grocery store the other day. I was at Walmart. I was like, bitch. I mean, I mean, it's little stuff. I'm like, damn. And then you got to fill up, fill up your car. And I got a little kid. My little kid used to then, he didn't pay me nothing to fill up my little. Now, I be paying too. I'm like paying almost a double. Fi- what the fuck? $50. <laughs> it's crazy out here. In the midst of this, Biden finally admitted that there is nothing he can do to bring the prices down. There's a lot going on right now, but the idea we're going to be able to click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline, is not near is not likely in the near term. Nor is it with regard to food. And what is it? The baby, the baby formula shit. According to AAA, drivers could expect to pay an average of five dollars a gallon to fuel their cars. Many states, including Oregon, Nevada, and Washington, have already exceeded this, while California drivers are paying the most with a crippling average of $6.21 a gallon. When I was out in California, I saw some stuff for six sixty nine. Bitch, I was like, what? I saw that part. I said, damn. And let me tell you something. I, let me talk about California for a fucking second, okay? Because when I went to, I went to the concert, right? And so, you know, I went to go get some water. That's the other story over here. I don't know if I told y'all this story. I don't know. I may have told it. But I went to go get me and my uncle some bottled water. My uncle was like, you know, can you give me a bottle of water? And he's about to reach out. I said, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. So I go out to get some bottled water for us. And I was going, I was heading out to the restroom. So I went to the restroom. Then I go get the bottle of water. And a woman says to me, has I get both two things a bottle of water? She's like, that'll be seventeen fifty. I was like, bitch, for real? <laughs> because, you know, when you buy a bottle of water at concerts here in Texas, it's about 5 or $10. Man, you know, that's too damn high. You expect it to be a little high, but they charge me for fucking eight fifty for a bottle of water. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on here? 
that was crazy to me. I, was, I came back. I told my uncle, I said, do you know how much this water was? He was like, yeah, it's California. I'm like, damn. These Democrats are out here fucking y'all over. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's nutty. It's just some of the prices in California is just crazy, okay? Just some crazy shit. It's just, it's just crazy. No wonder y'all running out of San Francisco and, and L.A. and New York and all these places. Y'all are trying to run and change our politics where we can't afford shit. <laughs> but it says, Biden reassured Americans that he personally understands the feeling of seeing gas and grocery prices go up. If I would, see, I would have threw, I couldn't be there. The Secret Service would have got me because I would have took off my shoe and threw it at him like they threw it, that shoe at George Bush. Shit. <laughs> Shit your ass. You don't know nothing about paying on high-ass gas and food prices when your ass sitting up in the White House, getting the, they fixing you everything, cooking you everything, we paying taxes. Sit your, sit your old ass down. <laughs> he said, we can't take immediate action. That I'm aware of yet. Uh, to figure out how to bring down the price of gasoline back to $3 a gallon, and we can't do that immediately. It was cheaper under Trump than $3 a gallon. We was at a dollar and something, okay? Uh, but it says that we can't do that immediately with regard to food prices either, Biden added. But we can compensate by providing for other necessary costs for families, by bringing those down. That reduces the cost of inflation for that family. Meanwhile, before Biden admitted to having no real solutions, White House Press Secretary Corinne, uh, Karen Jen Perrier said that Biden is doing everything he can to lower the cost of living. Right. But it seems that the White House is giving false hope to Americans that they may soon feel a financial relief. In light of Biden's comments, Biden is a failure, began trending on Twitter with many users frustrated with his lack of leadership. And he is a failure. And we're only a year in, a year and a half in. Shit. I mean, I hope the country's still standing after the fourth year. That's why I'm ready for the Republicans. One thing I can guarantee for the Republicans, funky ass, they will do. Let me tell you what they will do. They will try to impeach his ass. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of waiting for them to get the Congress and the House back a little bit. Even though, hey, I know it's not going to be so good with them either because they can be very one thought too. But let me just say this. They may get his ass out of there. Now, the only thing is, we got Kamala. What y'all going to do about Kamala? Because we can't have her ass up there for sh- for damn sure. I'd rather have Joe. She. I said what I said. Kamala looked like when Kamala be talking, Kamala be out here looking like, why am I here? How did I make it up here? Shit, how did I get here? <laughs> her, her speech is be. I'd be like, why didn't he pick Susan Rice or somebody like that? Shit, he couldn't even pick Stacey Battle. He would have did it better. Just, I don't know who convinced him to, to choose Kamala's crazy ass. Kamala look like shit. I'm, Kamala be looking like damn. I'm over. I feel over. I feel underqualified. She be looking like it. She probably tell you that. She's in private. <laughs> but anyway, Elon Musk reportedly tells Tesla, Tesla workers to return to the office or quit. So they're wanting, oh, I just thought, you know what, this is a sidebar, but I have a story in my head that I was supposed to put up that I wanted to read to y'all. You know when something, you're talking about something and something else creeps in and it's like, woohoo, hey, hey, don't forget about me. So i got to remember this other story. I can't remember what it is, but it's creeping in Elon Musk's Tesla story. But anyway, (laughs) 
It says, um, Elon Musk has reportedly ordered employees at Tesla and SpaceX to say goodbye to remote work and return to the office or start looking for another job. Uh, This is according to MSN.com News Technology. It says the CEO sent an email late Tuesday to employees demanding they work a minimum of 40 hours per week in the office, the New York Times reported. The email reiterated where he had previously told his executive staff requiring that they be in a main Tesla office, not a remote branch, office unrelated to the job duties. For example, being responsible for Fremont factory human relations, but having your office be in another state. Like many other companies, Tesla switched to remote work lifestyle when COVID-19 pandemic hit in 2020. In his email title, to be super clear, he declared that work remotely is no longer acceptable for staff, okay? Everyone at Tesla is required to spend a minimum of 40 hours in the office per week, he wrote. Moreover, the office must be where the actual colleagues are located, not some remote pseudo-office. If you don't show up, we will assume you have resigned. Must went on to point out his own record of attending office frequently. The more seen you are, the more visible must be your presence. That's why I lived in the factory so much, so that those on the line could see me me working alongside them. If I had not done that, Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt, okay? Um, Here's the thing. He's going to cause a lot of other people to do the same thing. I think that day is gone. And, And, Elon, you can thank COVID for that. Even though before COVID, a lot of workers were working from home. That was already started before COVID even started. I know a lot of people who were working from home and working remote. I think we're going to have to – I think people need to socialize workers. It is important for socialization and the company that workers socialize with each other and talk to each other and maybe meet two to three times a week or maybe even less than that, depending on your job. But I do believe that most employers are going to have to take a look at the idea of just working at the office. I think there's going to have to be a change. And, and here's the thing. what If I'm a boss, and this is what a lot of big time, and you, you would think, you know, a lot of these corporate people don't understand and here's what I say. This is what this is responsible. This is some of the responsibility for some of the turmoil in the world as corporations. Not all corporations, but you're responsible for some of it because there is so much pressure in these workplaces. People are working 40 to 60 hours a week, especially Americans. In some cities, sometimes people work three and four days a week or whatever, but there is so much pressure. When COVID had came, there was a relaxation for a lot of people who didn't have these high-end jobs to be at home working. They got more done. It's, a lot of people say that a lot of studies said that uh, workers were more efficient working from home, probably because they didn't have employees, they weren't chatting all day and stuff like that. But it's also the relief of pressure of work and family and all these pressures that come in the American life. Because there is a lot of pressure in pursuit of the American dream. You get what I'm saying? And so this makes people crazy. This makes these, these little, uh, you know, what is it's a scripture in the Bible that says it is a small, where Jesus says the small foxes that spoil the vine are the little things. I think, is that the scriptures? Let me look at it up. I'm going to make sure I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> but it's the little things. 
that create people and make them crazy. It's uh, it's not um, it's not so much um, it's 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 not so much uh, guns. And I know people they got celebrities out here, celebrities out here, big time guns. Let's do away with AK boys. Let's do away with this. Let's do away with they just because they uh, they're puppets. But however. They want to just be with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like, but guns is not the problem. It's these small foxes. That's what it is. It's the uh, 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 small foxes that spoil the vine, that destroy the vine. It's the little things that you think can destroy, that will destroy something. Um, and that will te- tempt people to do crazy things. And this is where we're talking about mental illnesses. A lot of these mental illnesses and stuff, you, that's why you saw a lot of people sometimes shooting up their workplaces and all kind of stuff. Because in America, we have this high-pursuit lifestyle. Even though we're the best country in the world, in terms of supposed to be, we're supposed to be the best country in the world, but we have a lot of fucked-up shit. But it's the pursuit of this American dream that people have that keep them going on this rat race. That people don't have time to stop and think and stuff like that. So somebody's going to have to do corporations and jobs and careers different. And it's the person that comes up with that that's going to have truly the productive workforce, in my opinion. And to me, if American workers come up with, if American people, if the American corporations come up with a way to take the pressure off, whether that's more people working at home, uh, less I mean, more, less hours, more pay, whatever it may be, you know, the American person at heart feel like they come into work. Some of them feel underpaid, undervalued, not seen, and that where they get this energy from the most are their workplaces, and. While we're supposed to have corporate ethics and business ethics, a lot of you just talk shit in your corporations about ethics and ethics, but you really ain't got it. You ain't really about that life because you would be looking into the mental health and the mental illnesses, mental health of all your workers and making sure you can't save everybody, but making sure that you did you do enough. <laughs> and that's not just lip service, but finding a way to restructure how you do business in ways that that doesn't resemble the pressure and right rat race of the American culture that America has turned into. So, it, you know, there used to be this wonderful show that used to come on years ago on, um, it was the Wealth Channel, when they had the Wealth Channel. I don't even know if they still have the Wealth Channel. But they used to have this show called Wealth and Power, and they would talk about industries, titans of industry, and a lot of times how, like, they would talk about the Mars Company, Candy Boy, titans of industry in America and how they got started. And, you know, even though the American worker, there have been some problems throughout um, throughout the history of America with labor forces and, you know, slavery, which wasn't it was free, you know, you know, America always trying to get cheap labor and stuff like that because it's capitalism. But, however... There was an interesting way, one of the things I would say that in some of these corporations, I mean, in some of these big 
uh, titans of industry early on, like uh, Hershey's and stuff like that, they were known for treating their people used to want to work in those factories because they were known for treating their workers so awesomely. Like this was before unions and stuff. I mean, their workers would get treated very well. They take personal uh, things to workers and stuff like that. It was a much lighter load, but a tougher time because, it, you know, we didn't have all the technology and shit that we do now. But they were much kinder to some of their workers, some of those companies. And today we have all this technology, all this shit, and no way to be kinder, nowhere to relieve the pressure. It's just a bunch of fucking lift service. And that's why you got people out here losing their fucking minds. And one of the ways you, one of the things you can draw that back to is how the workplace moves and how pay and salary and all those things. That's one thing we can start. That's why I'm saying digging up the deeper issues um, that are causing people to lose their mind. Now, also, I listen, from a conspiracy perspective, I am never um, not questioning if there are rotten people in government, okay? So sometimes people are trying to get agendas across. I know this is going to sound there. It can be crazy theories. I always think people should explore crazy com- conspiracy theories. Like, you know, I'm not understanding how every mass shooter is a, got an AK-15. AK, AK, I mean, how y'all got one? This is expensive shit. How about 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds? See, these are things we don't hear. The news media don't inspect and don't keep going on. But, I'm, you know, sometimes, you know, we've had a history in America of stuff like MK Ultra and stuff like that. If you've heard of that stuff, I know people are like, oh, these conspiracy theories. No, MK Ultra actually existed. CIA has actually, you know, admitted that. However... We don't know if stuff like that is falling into the wrong hands, and people could be having programming people to do terrorist attacks on us, and we don't know what the fuck's going on. See, we need to th- go down the rabbit hole a little bit, too, with some of this shit. That's just my opinion, okay? So it's not only the way society is going in a hole with the craziness, but it's also looking at other perspectives of life and, you know, saying, you know, um, maybe we got to go down the rabbit hole and see what's really going on. So I think there should be a lot of things examined, not just uh, get rid of all the AK uh, guns and all the because people are just gonna find people gonna find other crazy things to do. Speaking of that, there was this article before I go to break. Where is it at? Uh, here, do I have it up? I don't know if I have it up yet. Let me see. Um. Trying to see if I have this article up. There was just another hospital situation. You know, this week there was a shooting at a hospital uh, where the man came in and shot. Uh, <clears throat> he shot uh, the doctor, the surgeon, because he's upset about his back surgery and stuff like that. But there is a there was another uh, another situation that just happened. Let me see if I can pull this. A more uh, another hospital violence uh, in Los Angeles. Let me pull that. They're gonna, the news media is going to try to ignore because, you know, it is, you know. Because we, we don't want to discuss how demonic society and evil society has become. But this is according to MSN News. It says suspect in custody after stabbing doctor, two nurses at Los Angeles 
Hospital police say, this is according to NBC, says a man who allegedly entered into an Encino hospital on Friday and stabbed a doctor and two nurses was taken into custody four hours later after negotiations failed, officials said. The stabbing at Encino Medical Center occurred around 3.50 p.m. Police said the suspect was taken into custody around 8 p.m. We do not believe he was either looking for anyone in particular or targeting a specific individual, Los Angeles Police Department Deputy Allen Hamilton said after the arrest. The man had what appeared to be self-inflicted wounds to his arm and was taken to the hospital. Uh, the knife, which was around three to four inches long, was recovered. All three victims were in stable condition. A spokesperson for Northridge Hospital, which is where they were taken, said Friday night. Hamilton said earlier that one of them was in critical condition and was undergoing surgery, okay? Now, <clears throat> He used a knife, which is a little bit less of a lethal weapon, but knives are used in a lot of murders in the United States. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. Because we got people who run around here with mental breakdowns and who run around here with demons, too. And so you're going to need society in order to deal with that. You're going to have to confront the ugliness of evil. And how you confront evil is with the tools of kindness, patience, a lot of things in society uncovering the things that are making people lose it. And this society, you can get rid of all the guns you want to. You can have y'all little red, y'all little orange. What's the celebrities trying to talk about this week wearing some orange? <laughs> celebrities pack me the fuck up. They so funny. They so cute. <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all so cute. We're going to wear orange this weekend because we're going to stand against gun violence. We're wearing our orange. <laughs> So fucked up in their head. They so, and they some of the most fucked up people in Hollywood. They fuck, they Hollywood music industry and uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, Hollywood. I mean, fucked up. They, I mean, we gotta wear or I understand. Y'all be trying to have some advocacy, but it, it, here's the thing: real life. It's real life shit going on out here. I know you motherfuckers sometimes don't see real life shit because some of you motherfuckers be high most of the time, drunk. Y'all be uh. Uh, dope the, you know what I'm, y'all know what y'all do in Hollywood. Not all of y'all, but a lot of y'all. <laughs> y'all be living a whole nother sex up, fuck up. Y'all be living a whole nother life shit. And then y'all wake up to say a little few things about politics and all the rest of us be looking. And you wonder why a lot of us human, a lot of us regular people be looking at y'all like, what the fuck are they talking about? Because y'all live in a fucking bubble, and it's, that, that's not all celebrities. There's some celebrities who are brilliant and who say great things and who understand what the fuck is going on. But a lot of y'all motherfuckers be living in, y'all living in la-la land, and y'all want to keep, keep getting, uh, hanging out. I understand. Shit, I was I was listening to, what's his name? What's his, um, Charles, Charles, that dude, Charles, he's funny as fuck. He be saying some wild shit, and some shit I don't agree with. But, <clears throat> And Charles, the white guy or whatever that's been going around talking to different, he's from Dallas, he's from this area, and he was going around, he was, he, he was talking about this week, he was saying he would, he said he was down for, he wasn't going to be for the community right now because shit, he tried to get his, basically his celebrity out. <laughs> and really, celebrities, you know, they do that, they try to fit in. I mean, you know, I get it, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I wasn't, here's the thing. And I kind of hate this for myself a little bit too sometimes because you know I'll be sad, I'll be wanting to fit in. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, God, I don't want to fit in. I'm the shit. I'm be like Charleston talking about shit. Fuck these activist shit and, and trying to talk to people about deep shit and stuff. Because people, you know, people always want to criticize you when you look at the world differently and shit like that. I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to look at where I'm gonna just I just want to fit in where I can fit. I don't want to have to stand up. People talk shit about you. People trying to cancel you. People trying to this and that because you think differently. I don't want to be with none of it. I could probably be a star by now if I just just fucking just let it just live the way that I just just let it all go. <laughs> I sometimes I might sell out. I still don't know yet. I'm still thinking about that shit. <laughs> However. I just have, I wasn't raised to kind of fit in sometimes. I'm always, I was, you know, to question things, to look at things, look at the deeper meaning of things. Uh, you know, and my Zodiac won't let me do anything like this. <laughs> like look at deep star shit. Even the ones that don't, they just, you know, you got some that got other stuff in their chart. But it's just, what I'm saying is just that I just am not one to over, you know, that can just pander to something because I want to, fit in or I want to move up. And I, I respect that. I understand that, you know, it can fuck with your whole career if you think the wrong thing. And I said, <laughs> but, you know, I just think that most, if you look outside of Hollywood, most people don't tend to think like y'all because, Y'all are in some sort of bubble, and y'all see things like y'all y'all be at the Soho. Remember that Soho? I'm at the Soho this weekend. <laughs> Exchanging ideas. Not that that shit ain't cool, but it's just like, you know, sometimes you get trapped there, and you don't know what the, what the fuck is going on on the streets. <laughs> Motherfuckers ain't at Soho. You know what I'm saying? People are living real shit. With real things going on, and you may have once been there, but you far fucking removed from it now, <laughs> right? So sometimes celebrities sound crazy as fuck when you hear like we're gonna wear orange against gun violence and shit like that. You'd be like, what the fuck? Like you know, people not people, and you know, you got little kids and and people who are celebrity obsessed culture who will be behind that shit. But most regular people. Be looking at y'all like y'all a bunch of idiots. <laughs> but it is what it is. I'm not either here nor there. It's just moving on. <laughs> We're getting ready to go on a break. I'm getting ready to go on a break. But when I get back, I am going to talk. What else we got to talk about? <clears throat> what else is out? It's something. Uh, let's see here. What's the another? We got to talk about Nick Cannon. Uh, is he got another person pregnant out in these streets? We'll talk about that. We're gonna talk about uh how Tim from Sweet Pies looks like he is going down. I meant to put Miss Robbie's uh new song out. Miss Robbie, y'all hear Miss Robbie's new song? I've been thinking about cheating. <laughs> Girl, I, I, I love me some Miss Robbie. <laughs> That's what she got. I've been thinking about cheating. Miss <laughs> Robbie got a new son. Hey, let me tell you something. I love, I stand Miss Robbie. Let me tell Miss Robbie has got to be damn near close to 80, and she looks fucking good. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful older lady. Miss Robbie out here doing music videos. Shit. Miss Robbie got a new son out here. Miss Robbie like, y'all ain't putting that shit. I'm still, I got Miss Miss Robbie's record when I was <laughs> in when I was in St. Louis to see basketball, I got Miss Robbie shit. <laughs> Miss Robbie Cole. Miss Robbie still out here singing. You know, she used to sing background for Ike Turk, the Ike, you know, the Ike S. She used to be one of the Ike S, the original ones. 
So, shit, Miss Robbie out here, she got her little groove out here. Miss, I've been thinking about you, either, whatever that's. <laughs> it's so cute. What we gotta talk about? Uh, we gonna talk about Tim from the Tim. It's not looking good for Tim, Miss Robbie. Mm. Y'all gotta pray for Miss Robbie. But it says, uh, uh, but also we're gonna talk about uh, Kayla Nicole clearing up these rumors out in these streets, saying Kelsey Travis Kelsey ain't that cheap, and I my ass ain't that dumb. <laughs> She didn't say that. I'm interpreting. Uh, and also how Biden's black staff has been leaving in droves. We're going to try to get to that. And then we got to talk about Monique. Man, man. Johnny Depp, Jada Pinkett, all of that. I'm going to get to all of that when we get back. Meanwhile, we're going to go a little bit of break. And it's so much to get uh, get. <laughs> Let's listen to, uh, this is what I love, it's old school, After 7, Can't Stop, it's the CC Show, I'll be back in a moment, y'all, okay? (laughs) I'm hoping, if I can get to it, okay, yeah, I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
Nothing going on the rent, but the rent is appropriate in this day and time that we in. <laughs> Quick, Gus. Quick, said, ain't nothing going on. She said, life is too mysterious. Love, I mean, no, love is too mysterious. <laughs> and life's too serious. Why a girl like me be secure? Because ain't nothing going on but the fucking me. <laughs> Woo! 
about Travis Kelsey's ex, is it girlfriend or ex-girlfriend? I don't know what's going on here. Blast observed, observed, observed and very false claim a misrumored breakup, okay? This is according to popculture.com. It says Travis Kelsey and Taylor Nicole have reportedly broken up, but there appears to be some conflicting reports about what led to the split. Barstool Sports initially reported that they broke up because Kelsey allegedly made Nicole pay for everything while they were in a relationship. Nicole soon took to Twitter to dispel that report, which she called absurd and very false. The situation began on Friday when Barstool released a report that purported, purported to explain the reason behind Kelsey and Nicole's split. In the article, a supposed friend of Nicole said that she was one she was the one to break things off after Kelsey wished that they had uh, allegedly wished that they go fifty fifty on everything involving their relationship. The source claimed Travis was really cheap in the beginning. He tried to make Kayla prove that she wasn't with him for the money, so she had to pay for half of everything, half of every date, half of every trip, everything. Now, this is what she responds to on Twitter. She says, not sure where y'all got this nonsense from, but it's absurd and very false. Well, sis, I am glad to hear that. <laughs> Soon enough, Nicole addressed the allegations on Twitter, uh, you know, and uh, – Distractify noted that Nicole's statement was especially interested in giving these reports. While she dispelled the rumor about the end of the relationship, uh, end of their relationship, she did not deny that they had caught a clip. So it seems that Kelsey and Nicole have indeed broken up. Okay, listen, they did remove all photos from each other. She spent quite a while with him. Last week I kept singing seven years, and y'all was like, Carlotta, it was 2017. Well, the reason why I said seven, because I've heard it wasn't, and I was getting mixed up because I was so flabbergasted by the fucking idea that she had to pay every half of everything and I'm going to get to that because some of y'all was upset thinking I was saying if y'all wasn't understanding what I was saying but that was because I was so fucking like I was like, what the hell is going on and girls out here believing it but let me I'll get to that in a moment but it was I've heard rumors that she hasn't been with him since it wasn't just 2017 I've heard that it was around rumors that it was seven years so that would make it not 2017 uh 2000 what is that uh, 14, 15. So, uh, r- uh, rumors that she met him when she was like 20, early, young, younger than. So, that's actually even, that's so, that's even, I mean, that's still fucked up. You spent seven years of, of your life with a motherfucker that wasn't going to go nowhere. All <laughs> right. You know, um, the reason why I'm asking, I was saying, I said that y'all can learn something from the whole game because you can't. Shit. Because one thing, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give a show. I've always said I was going to do a show about the Kardashians, but I'm going to do a show about stuff y'all can learn from a hoe. Okay, because hoes, there is some game hoes that, okay? Because, you know, uh, you can learn how, I mean, you, the, you know, they listen. <laughs> There's a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, and hoe game you can learn, but They get paid for a reason. And now I'm not telling you to go out there and get paid, but I'm saying valuing your worth. And that's just not in just money and just getting money from dudes. It's not just about being with somebody rich or wealthy or somebody got some money. Because some of them can be just as fucked up in their head. Trust me on that. They be fucked up in their head. (laughs) as much as some dude out here. But it's important to understand 
Your value has a woman, no matter what age you are. I don't believe, listen to the man's fear. Hey, I love some of y'all in the man's fear, okay? But one of the things I will say, you guys do it. I love T.K. Kirkland. That's why I really can't. I mean, I love T.K. I think T.K. Kirkland is dope, too. One of the things he says is that you can't just tell women what, uh, what what all the bad shit and not have no answers for it. Because a lot of these men will criticize women over the age of 35, but you won't have any answers with how they can make themselves what you perceive they can make themselves more valuable has. And there's a a misconception that young girls got their shit together. (laughs) That's not always true, okay? So uh, it's not that they got, or you can mold them because young girls eventually grow. And has a, I know I'm a woman. Women grow. I'm not the same chick I was at 22. <laughs> and neither, no matter how dope you, you start early to get yourself together, you will always have growth. You will always experience. And another thing I, I think in a man's fear that happens, too, is that a lot of times um, – uh, they they don't they're not good at addressing love just happens. Sometimes it's a a, a a dude may have been involved with tons of younger women, right? You know what I'm saying? He he may be uh, uh, the it guy or the nice, but he meets one woman who might be an age he would never date, and he falls for it. Shit happens. Like love happens, you know. And there is love is something that. There are no answers for it. And you can have as much, um, I love the song. It's an old song. And we used to laugh and say, lust makes things happen. But the truth of it, I love the, the song from Babyface. And uh, uh, I talked about it before on here, Babyface and Pebbles. They had this song years ago called Love Makes Things Happen. And and they had all these scenarios. It was a deep, cute little video they had. And, and when videos made sense and shit back in the day. <laughs> And they had this video of all these these connections of people falling in love in different ways, people meeting at the store, one couple meeting or a woman opening the door, you know, and, and she meets a man at the door just delivering something. Or it, I mean, they have all these different, but it's the song, it's, the song, it's a very beautiful song. It's still to this day beautiful. Love makes things happen. And love is something that sometimes you don't got no damn answers for. You don't, you don't got no damn answers for it. You just don't have it. You can plan. You can, um, I mean, you can be more strategic. Let me let me just say this, okay? You, you can be more strategic with how you fell in love, how you fall in love, because love is a decision in my personal opinion, okay? Love is a decision. You might have chemistry with somebody and have that overwhelming initial introduction to love, okay, but when you really decide on the interworkings of love, because love, you know, like, say, for instance, you know, you might meet somebody and I ain't got fire-ass chemistry with them and y'all, whew, y'all can feel the energy from across the room and you already feel love and you, I've had friends that I still tell me they knew the moment they saw somebody, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, <laughs> and then I got some people say, shit, I didn't know that shit and I still don't know. <laughs> Right? So love comes in various ways, but uh, love, when it comes, even in that that, that way where you're, what's it, endorphins and all that, everything's going off, 
and you feel each other in ways that you can't even imagine, then there comes the deciding factor of love, you know, that where you say when you get past the energy and you're getting to know somebody and their little quirks and all these little funny things about them or everything, and and you're making decisions that I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to love them. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to be in a relationship with him or I'm going to be, but there, that's when decision more comes into it. But I think sometimes the dynamic of love, sometimes that uh, these guys don't understand that. So even they, even in those spaces, they've been on Taylor Nicole so much. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing. A lot of you, a lot of you older women out there, uh, I do not believe that it is impossible for you to find love and to find it with a great guy. If you if you are in the second half of your life, if you are, it may be harder, but I don't think it's impossible. If you're in the uh, stage of your life where some, some women are in the stages of where they're, you know, uh, a lot of times in our 40s, one thing, one thing you'll find as you get older, a lot of times in my 40s, you find them more and more, you know, women are becoming more single, they're divorcing, uh, there's all kind of things happening and for various reasons and stuff like that. And the the world that you left probably in your 20s, it's not there anymore. It's a much different world if you come out into the world as a single woman uh, in your 40s or in your 50s or something like that. But it's still a world which I believe that if if you really work hard at it and stuff, you can find somebody. I don't feel like it's impossible. And I don't like what men say or the men in the men's career say that it's impossible because there are some women who are going to make that decision and to say that they will never find love or they won't find you getting the last train coming. And I love this is some of my favorite people say stuff like this. But I totally disagree. It depends on what kind of woman you be, you are, and you 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 will have to deal with different things. You meet different challenges as a woman of a certain age group. But I think those men in the men's sphere say that to a lot of to a lot of women because they want young women to take more seriously their lives. So I can respect that. Like take more seriously your dating choices. Take more seriously how you move in the world of relationships and marriage because understand, you know, sometimes for women there's a certain amount of time, especially when you have children or you got other things in mind. And, you know, other things can happen. It's not just about, you know, kids and stuff because some people can't have children or there's some people who don't want children or, you know, stuff like that. There are, excuse me, there are so many things. Excuse me, I'm breaking. Is that okay? You guys hear that? Hopefully you guys didn't hear that because <laughs> I was drinking. But, um, there are so many things that uh, that 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 happen in the course of life. So I feel like sometimes those things are are, are hard to address and give it with absolute. Okay, so uh, that's one thing I can say for for Kayla Nicole in a situation where you're waiting seven years for a guy and this guy has shown no. Uh, no things to want to marry you, and there's a lot of glitz and glamour there, it's hard to get out of those relationships. I mean, you know, some people, you know, I saw something last week. Y'all, I 
told you I was going to sneak in uh, the blind item. <laughs> I can't ready to sneak in again. <laughs> okay. I saw last week a particular, I don't know if they were a couple or not. She didn't know either. <laughs> and one of my bloggers friends sent it to me. <laughs> And they were like, look at this little piece of jewel that probably nobody's looked at. <laughs> but she was describing this relationship that she had with a particular celebrity. And she said, we were going out. I just don't know what it was. There was no definition. And she finally said, fuck it. You know, I, I get that. because, And that's a smart girl. Shit, I said fuck it too. You know, because after a little while, you know, because sometimes the glitz and the glamour of it all, and if there's no fucking direction, <laughs> I didn't tell y'all the whole thing, but if there's no fucking direction in it or nothing, you you, you know, I mean, what are you doing? Uh, and so I think that if this, if Kayla stayed in this for seven years, man, it was too long for us. But however, sometimes, you know, it's harder to uh, in those type of relationships because you're uh, they're not like a typical normal relationship. You got so much going on. I mean, those women like that—they're traveling and doing all kind of things. And in the midst of all that, you're you're his whatever you are to him. You're running around with him. You're on his arm. You're this and that. You're you know, you're probably doing backflips and, you know, booty popping <laughs> and all that. And before you know it, damn, there here's seven years. Shit. I've been with your ass for how long? And you ain't, what the fuck? And people say men know fairly quick, even if they don't move. People say men know fairly quick. Now, I don't believe that for all men. But I do know that I do believe men do know for a little, little they know. Even if they want to run from it, they know, <laughs> right? Uh, so be careful of that, ladies. I mean, even time celebrities, if you're dating them, or uh, somebody famous or somebody uh, wildly sexy or wildly popular or Somebody who's a CEO or a doctor or a lawyer, unless you just want to get strained the fuck along and you don't mind and you just in it for the ride and shit, I'm okay. I, you know, do what you do. Do you, boo. But if you out here and you're trying to find, you know, something serious in the world, get clarity from motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to get clarity in these relationships out here. And don't out undervalue your coochie cat. Never undervalue your coochie cat. Don't undervalue it. Add value to your coochie. Don't undervalue. It's the it's one of the, I told when I heard T K Kirkland. I love T K Kirkland said something. I heard say he said one of the greatest things a woman can learn is pussy management skills. I totally agree with him. Pussy management skills take you a long way at understanding when to hand, get that out and when to not to and uh, balancing it well and not undervaluing what you got and knowing knowing what you can be in the marketplace 
You know what I'm saying? Even for older women, I would tell older women, you know, hey, if you're getting ready to go back in the marketplace, you single, or you are you just an older woman out here who are, who's in the marketplace and, you know, you you haven't been dating for a while, are you getting ready to get back out here or something like that? Or, you know. <laughs> I had a friend. A lot of times when older women get back out of these marketplaces, let me just say this, okay? Because <laughs> I got some friends, okay, who got back in the marketplace. Uh, they already got some. <laughs> they already planned. They already made that sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, they already know they shit's over or something like that. But if you're an older woman and you're in a relationship and you are seeing that the thing you're back, you're like, oh, shit. Here's the thing. You need to evaluate the relationship and make sure this is really, you're ready, really ready to go out to the marketplace. I can't tell you like a man, but I can tell you from my perspective. You need to evaluate, hey, is this guy, is what the fuck he doing right now? Because you know, as a woman, when you go back into the marketplace at a certain age, and I love this, uh, Black Authority, Jason. Had Jason Black had it on the business this week, and I love when Jason talks about certain things. Even though I don't agree with him all the time, but certain things I can respect. And he was talking about, you know, um, uh, uh, one of the reasons why some of the reasons women die broke. And a lot of times, some there's a lot of reasons choosing the wrong man was number one. He said, but one of the things, and which I totally agree with. But another thing that he said is, you know. Um, uh, he was talking to a woman who called in her, and her friend had gotten a divorce. But when you get a divorce from women a lot of times, you can end back up uh, more financially distressed because maybe the man was the, making the money maker or all of those things and stuff like that. Or, you know, so what I would say to a lot of women who are over the age of 35 and you're entering a market, a a, a, a place, a marketplace that can be unfriendly to you in terms of males, I don't think it's really that bad. It, it can be bad, but it's been, I've heard it's bad all across my, I got young girlfriends who say, oh, shit, <laughs> who tell me it's bad. So, listen, if you're going to enter that world, I think you have to be exceptional. I think you have to you have to really first of all evaluate the situation you're in if you're in a marriage or a relationship or stuff like that. Evaluate that shit. Is it worth leaving? You know, if he fucking around bitches or whatever he's doing and ain't right, you you gotta really figure it out and say shit. And you gotta plan that shit accordingly. Okay, I would tell women that. And if you're going to leave, if you're going, all right, maybe you decide, hey, shit, I I'm good with this motherfucker. This motherfucker is really really bad. It's about as good as it gets, okay? But if you're going to enter that space, you're going to have to come out here exceptional, in my opinion. Getting yourself together, highly, having your having a plan, ha- you know, and all plans don't always... Right here on Talk. Oh, sorry, y'all. <laughs> all plans sometimes don't go according to things, but just having, just having a basic... Uh, understanding about how you're like I had a girlfriend who had her shit. She she was ready, okay? She had been playing her shit for years and she can't she bounced like a fuck. She bounced the fuck up. <laughs> I mean her shit got if she would have no you wouldn't even think she got me but she she was methodical. She knew when once her her kids was out of she knew exactly how it was gonna go. So she she had already set herself up and and they was ready. She was already ready. So if you're going to make decisions like that, 
you have to be very wise. If you're if you're a single woman and you're in the dating uh, atmosphere and you're an older woman and you're not you're finding it hard to date, you're gonna have to make yourself exceptional. You know, and that means not just look wise, you know, look good, look good is important, very important, okay? But also, you know, in how you approach people, your intelligence. Uh, your energy, all that thing, it needs to be double more important as you age <laughs> and you're in the dating atmosphere because those are certain things that you're going to have that younger women don't is experience and other things that you're going to have to know how to not let that be uh, a strike against you, like you're stuck in your ways or something like that. So I, I think that it has more – I think that uh, – in time that that I hope that happens more in the man's sphere that because uh, that people start to talk to people not about oh how it's the end of the road and all that stuff but how they can make if you're having to get out here in the dating world how you can make yourself more attractive to the opposite sex and if you're out here and you're older how you can still you know work that energy or whatever to get someone all right so that was a very interesting. Uh, I don't think it's over for somebody like uh, Kayla because Kayla's very beautiful. Um, and hopefully, you know, um, she doesn't waste any more time with Travis Kelsey. Don't waste time. You know, it's just if you're really wanting uh, a relationship. And, and listen here. And if you've been listening, you will know when you're with guys that are time wasters. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are guys, when I was young and I was out here dating, I knew when I had time wasters. You know, I mean, I had a guy I was dating one time. He's so beautiful. He's handsome. He's, but he's a time waster. He's just a time, he was just wasting my time. <laughs> and I knew that very early. I mean, he just wanted to date. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, and I was just like, seriously? I mean, you know, it's so, I mean, and and, 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 I, and I always suspected maybe that, you know, he just liked the company or the energy of going out with me. But also, um, I dated someone, too, I felt like. Uh, I mean, I even dated crazy people. I remember I dated a guy who had really came to me. And he was really, a lot of women wanted this guy. They really, <laughs> women was in love. I mean, my friend, everybody, my mama was in love with this guy. My mama was like, he was so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, he was beautiful. And we dated a little bit. We like out of my, after my high school years, and then we dated a little bit in my 20s. And he's just always a beautiful guy. Women always, always wanted him, everything like that. <laughs> we even got together. We, it was it, kind of crazy how we got together, but it, it was a crazy thing. But we dated. He's very beautiful. He had it going on for his age group. But what, what messed him up was one, one day he came to me and we had stopped. It was, it was maybe a year, two years after we, we hadn't been dating. And suddenly I got a call from him one day and I remember he said, Hey, I'd like to talk to you. And I was like, Okay. I thought you were 23, 24. And we went out to the movies and everything and we ate. But it wasn't, you know, I knew, I was like, Dude, like, what is this about? You know, and he goes, I've been thinking about being a parent. I'm like, hmm, really? That's good. <laughs> I mean, I hope you found that girl. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm just wanting to know if you'd be interested in like us having a us having a baby. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll take care of it financially. 
everything. We can sign to that. We can. I was like, <laughs> what? I was just sitting there listening to it, being in shock. Like, <laughs> and I, I, you, I, you got mother vibes. I feel like you'd be a great mother. I was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, you don't got that much money yet. I mean, you, you got a nice job, but you don't. You, no, are you, do you think you're about to trick me to fucking having a child? <laughs> but it was the craziest shit ever. But I had to navigate because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, he was actually very serious. I mean, he had talked to me about this, like, uh, quite a bit. And I was like, seriously? I never took him seriously, guy, but he was very serious. And I thought to myself, no, single motherhood, I have never seen anywhere, you know, single mother I have had tons of girlfriends who have been single mothers, and that shit is fucking hard. So I knew better. <laughs> Even in my mid-20s, and that's because I had so many great women around me, and I had my mama was a teenage mother, and my grandmother was a teenage mother, so I knew what that shit would take. And, well, and I wasn't, and but I was in my 20s, but I knew what it meant to be without a man. And I was like, even though you were talking about taking care of it financially, you ain't going to be there every night like that. You know, so it's like, you know, I think women, young women have to learn how to navigate a world of things like that. And even more so today, it's more crass and more crazy today in this world. So it's, it's, it's hard. And it's, it's, a lot of people are having children without the marriage. And why I'm talking to this, because we're coming down to chicken. <laughs> this is a, it was a good segue to Nick, wasn't it? Uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, uh, Nick Cannon might have another baby on the way. Let me look it up here. I, I thought this was a great segue to Nick. Let me let's talk about it here. Um, where am I at? Where am I at? Nick, this is Nick's story. Okay. Okay. Nick Cannon's baby mama, Abby Della Rosa, is pregnant allegedly. This is according to OKMagazine.com. Star is quiet about who the father is. Don't play with us. But it says, Nick Cannon's baby mama, Abby Della Rosa, reveals she is pregnant again. On Friday, June 3rd, the brunette beauty uploaded a video of herself with balloons in the background. I'm pregnant. Another set of twins? Follow me on OnlyFans link and bow. I'll be posting all exclusive content and answering the questions y'all are dying to know. Now, this bitch is a lady that uh, at least she has sense enough to get a fucking OnlyFans, Okay. <laughs> She's beautiful, but I'm wondering if she's smart. And he says, of course, people went, people went crazy over the announcement. One person wrote, oh, so you the twin generator. Congrats. Uh, while another added, congratulations. You know, I want to say congratulations because babies are a blessing. But if it's Nick, he tells us it's crazy. And because it's such a serious thing to bring in a child into the world. And especially with a man who is very busy in his lifestyle and he's in show business and he's fucking spreading his seed all the fuck around town. 
he, I don't care what Nick Cannon says. Nick Cannon is full of shit talking about, yeah, I'm going to rip back you. No, 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 no. Let's say in a compound in Utah, Nick, you ain't with shit. It, you know, it's hard for celebrity man, males because celebrity are men who are in a, it, it's not just celebrity males, but men who are, who are CEOs or lawyers, people who are very busy to sometimes have hands on all deck, okay? So when you just had, he's just going around here having babies with random bitches, somebody going to get left out of the make kids. All right, maybe it wasn't now 10 or 11, if, we, if this girl got kids coming, if he already got another person pregnant. It's crazy, and it's not thinking as a woman. I know it looks good right now. You know, and the cash look good, and the only fans you go on only fans and sell that shit because you've been fucking Nick Cannon. You can sell fucking Nick Cannon. Okay, I get that. However, raising babies is some real shit. I don't care how much somebody money gets, somebody got. It's just some real serious shit that's not to be played with, especially when the other parent is very busy. You really have to be considerate. Because there are so many people out here messed up in the world because they mamas and daddies wasn't in the proper space. And so, um, you know, I don't find it funny. At this point, I'm like, damn, what the fuck? I, you know, I don't really, like, just a man who had 34 kids I read about last week. You know, that's why I love Ayanna's on Ayanna, when Ayanna had on uh, that dude with 30 some kids, <laughs> she gave him up. I love that. I put it up the other day. When she put all the baby dolls in his hand, and he was like, he tried to put the baby dolls down. She said, no, why are you putting your babies down? And she said, as a mother, I don't get to put my kids down. So she started putting the babies back in his hand, all the babies. And she said, oh, look at you. You got your finger in the baby doll. One baby was on the ground. And she was trying to say, show him, you can't handle this. You one man. You can't handle 34 babies with all these different chicks. Somebody going to get messed in the die, ah, left on the ground. Some baby going to get poked in the eye. Some baby going to be, uh, 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 some, the kids, he couldn't, he didn't even have enough room in his hands to put in. He was trying to say, you ain't got enough energy to take care of all these kids. Because some of these kids is going to get hurt by you being irresponsible. Or they going to go up to hurt somebody. And so it is, you know, when I see stuff like this, even from celebrities, I don't give a fuck how much money you got. I mean, I got, I'm getting that, I'm getting $10,000 a month for this baby. No. How about you have to raise that child? And you're probably going to raise it a lot of times alone. No dumbass going to be running in there. If it's two sets of twins, shit. That's more that that the the money gonna be split even more. Your ass gonna be in there with four babies. You just had some babies. Them babies ain't barely toddlers. And now you got little up uh, two other little motherfuckers by yourself. And you by yourself. Now babies is a blessing. I shouldn't call them motherfuckers. Well, they a blessing. I love kids. But this two you got four. And you and Nick gonna be up here doing wild and out at mass singer. What else are you doing? His ass running around here. Interviewing and shit. He ain't gonna be there fucking other bitches. Shit, it's crazy as fuck that she's pregnant by him. Just, y'all girls ain't thinking. Man, it's your coochie. I'm tired. I'm 
I don't know. They ain't that dumb, are they? But check. It's just doing better than me. I just hit the baby. I just feel sorry for the baby. You know? So that shit, that's not cool. I just, I'm sorry. I, that's just, that's just, I, that's, I don't think it's funny or cute at all. And, it's, it, it, you know, at least she got sense enough to go on OnlyFans and try to make her only dough. But in some senses, it's stupid to say, well, I was Nick. I, if that's your baby Nick, I'd be pissed off her ass when on OnlyFans. Stupid. Shit. This shit. Maybe she got sense Maybe you're having a reality show or something. Maybe she's trying to get a reality show going. I only think Because, you know, if you don't show, if you're going to be dysfunctional, sell that shit. Like, what's the little girl name, the little crazy little girl that catch me outside, $50-some million just selling dysfunction all over the damn place? Sell dysfunction, Abby. Uh, Abby. Sell your dysfunction, your crazy ass, you keep getting pregnant. Okay? I mean, by yourself. Uh, do I got time? I, cause I got to get to Jada Pinkett, Johnny Depp. Laura, Monique explains why she cursed out DLHZ. I just, I watched Monique's live today. I, I can't even go into it. Let me just say this. Because it's all drama. And listen, I've been one to defend Monique. And I, listen, I believe Monique should be the headliner. DL Hughley used to be, back in the day, he was more funny than he was, you know, when he was in BT and stuff. But now DL Hughley has rebranded himself. He's still a comedian. But he does more political commentary. He's kind of going in the way to me of trying to rebuild him, rebrand himself as the black Bill Maher. Because he kind of seems like that. That's what he's been trying to do these last several years. I don't always agree with some of his politics, but that's what he's trying to do. Monique has been very successful, she's built a huge resume. She's an Oscar winner. She's a big-time comedian who's funny as fuck. Monique is funny. Monique rebranded her fucking self in that uh, in that black bottle. That's how deep, that's how smart that stage is. That's a Sagittarius for your ass, okay? She, Lucky-ass Sagittarius. She rebranded herself in that shit, okay? With Oprah, Oprah and then what they did to her was fucked up. No, it was fucked up. Oprah, I remember that show that when you had her family on there. That was fucked up. You should do apologies for that. That was fucked up when she put her. I remember me and my grandma watching that show, going, "Damn, why would you have that show when Monique ain't here?" But she had her uh, the brother who molested her and her Monique's parents on that show. That was some crazy shit. That was some that was some nasty shit. She shouldn't have did no. Monique is a a woman that has been done fucking wrong in that industry. She's been done wrong. Has Monique always handled it the right way? She handled it in the way she thought. My here's my problem with Monique. Monique, I hate men, your husbands as managers. I think business should be separate from men. And let me tell you this. I'll just say this, Monique. As much as I love Monique, I was watching her live today. Every time her husband speaks, I was disregarding him. And this is what a lot of women who are the breadwinners in their family don't fucking get. No offense, Monique. I love you. Your husband looks like he's a nice man. But this is what y'all don't get. When you try, because you trying to, you trying to lift him up has the man. You trying to show respect, my like Monique said. What's wrong with me showing respect to my man, calling him daddy? That's respect. It's honor. No, because it looks like you, a man walks in the room and he naturally gets the honor. And he don't get it off of your shit. 
But when you a woman who is powerful, you in a different vibe and a different thing. And so women who are very powerful in of themselves and they marry these men who are less powerful, that doesn't mean he isn't a powerful guy, but you're not in uh, you're in a less powerful position, and they come in on your career and start trying to talk, people will disregard them in the room, and you will have to make people respect them. And that's still a man taking his cues from you. You get gave the motherfucking jobs. Y'all give these, y'all love to give these men time, and it never works out, money. Women, look at the history of women with their husbands as managers. It's been fucked up out in the streets. You, you almost, if you got a husband like that, he has to almost be in the background of a powerful woman. You got to be the quiet puppeteer if you're going to do that. Because when you walk into a room with, uh, with, big, with, with other celebrities and big stars and stuff and everything, and then he starts talking, well, she Monique, you know, she needs to be up in here. They're going to disrespect. They're going to look at him and be like, he ain't shit. Who the fuck is he? You the star. What the fuck you got to say? It'd be different, Monique, if you was out here being a bitch on your own. But now it looks like you're being puppeteered by somebody who they don't give a fuck about. They don't have no respect. Like, you got respect for your husband. The industry don't give no don't give no fucks about him. He ain't built himself up as no manager. They don't know where the fuck he came from. They don't give a shit about what he got to say. And they're going to keep disrespecting him. While you trying to lift him up and say, see, daddy, say, daddy, daddy, tell him, daddy, tell him, daddy, see, Tyler Perry don't know, Tyler Perry don't give a fuck about him, Tyler Perry, like, fuck you, I don't know who you are, I know who Monique is, and that's not to diss him, Monique, it's just how people perceive him. Men can't gain respect through you. He can, his respect had to be already built up before he married you because when you marry a woman like Monique, you're going to be in the shadow unless you something else, unless you created your own shit. And if you ain't created your own shit, then Monique going to be up here puppeteering, trying to constantly make you feel honorable, trying to make you feel like a man. Daddy, tell him. Daddy, what you say about that? Yeah, uh-huh. And see, well, listen to my husband. My husband said that because that's my husband. I honor my husband. I'm in the industry like, girl, get shit out of here. You the star. We don't give a fuck about him. See, that's what happened. Because you trying to give him the honor, but don't nobody else respect you. You, you, you. Women, it matters. When you are a celebrity female, love is going to be different. You don't either have to do like Dolly Parton, where you got a husband don't say shit. He hiding in the shower. He ain't got nothing to say about show business. He gonna have to be a stab man. He ain't married to you. It's quiet as fuck. But if you huge, you can't heat. Oprah can't. You know why stab men people do to respect stab men? Because stab men stay the fuck out the way. At least he look like he did. And when stab men does talk, it holds more weight. And he probably puppeteers Oprah from behind the scenes. It's at night in bed. Hey, Stedman, I don't know about this contract. Let's read over it. Let's look at it. All right? Because he understands she's the boss. 
I'm just giving her imagination. I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just giving her imagination. He understands that she's got to go in there and represent herself. He can't be in there because he's not, it's not his thing. It's her career. But do you think he don't advise her on her shit? Yeah, he probably does. But it's in the quietness of them together. He talks, and then she goes out and executes. Monique, that's what you got to do when you would have do less powerful than you. You can't bring him in the room and be up there talking about, listen to my dad, daddy. Daddy, tell him, daddy. Yeah, daddy. Hey, and people, they, they, these rejects and stuff are sitting up here. How are you going to bring a motherfucker in here to me who ain't got shit, don't know shit about management until he got with you? He ain't got no fucking resume that we know of, none of that. And you trying to bring this motherfucker in here to tell me something about my contract. Your pastor and, and all them looking at him like, what, what the fuck? It's different when you being a bitch, Monique, because you the star. You can't bring your husband up there trying to do that shit. It's going to ruin your career. Facts. And you don't care about it, so it's okay. Because he, he really don't know. He might be smart, but he has to build his res- in other ways, not through you. And as a man, it don't matter how much you he bow that on him. He still is going to always be in your shadow. No matter how much you try to say, Daddy, oh, yes, I yes, I yes, It's just how the world perceives things. And it makes it harder in that situation. So what you're going to end up doing is playing yourself down till you play yourself out so that you can be equal with him. I see that's what I think a lot of women do. It never works. Like Aretha Franklin tried to make her, her that bum. She was with that time, had the manager, and he ended up fucking up her career. Nina Simone, same thing. Uh, 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 Melba Moore, she. Mary J. Bly, can we, should we go on? You could. Am I going on out here? I can go on and on and on. It's a sub singing right now to marry somebody, and I'm side eyed. So she's trying to make him feel like he, yeah, and she uses religion to do <laughs> But it's still the same dynamic. Masculine, masculines will have a hard time with a woman who is very powerful because masculine males have to find their own way in life, and their honor and stuff can't be through your shit, no matter how much you try to get people out here to respect them. Respect that daddy, respect my husband, my husband, and, and, and my husband wrote the contract, and my husband, yes, and I paid over the contract, and, I, and everybody just see him looking up there, looking at him like, mm-hmm, who is this? Who's just talking about us? Because you the boss. And they know that. They know no matter how much you become a daddy, daddy, they know you the boss. Everybody know that. Everybody know. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody. No matter how much he says, they they ain't paying no attention. The more he talks, they ignore it. The more he talks, the more people in the industry is ignoring that shit. I'm sorry, Monique. And I love you. And it's not that I don't respect your husband and respect the love y'all got or whatever. It's just facts, how people going to perceive you out in these streets. And that's why it is never worked when you try to give motherfuckers jobs. When you try to give your husband manager positions and all of that stuff, that don't work because these are wealthy women trying to give their husbands some honor. When he should already come in with his own honor. And your career shouldn't be the thing that he has to work his honor out through. 
Should he give you, can you guys discuss your career, make decisions on your career together privately? Yes. But let him come in the room, talk about talking, talking management and shit to people who've been in the industry a long time. So they're not going to respect that. They're just going to continue to, like, we don't want to work with her. She's problematic because of her husband. They got a new excuse, show me. It's different when you the star and you problematic. You know, it's a lot of problematic women in the industry, okay? Because women are tough sometimes, and it has to be tough. But when you bring your fucking husband up in there and, 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 and he don't know shit about what's going on, they like, they never respect it. It never works because you're trying to give him honor where he has none. And eventually that's going to wear on him too. I said what I said. Now, Jada Pink. Try to be standing for Jada too. It's hard out in these streets. Like I time, like I said, I don't get time. I don't get time. Let's talk about Jada this week. <sighs> Jada addressed finally Chris Rock and Smack on Red Table Pouch. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Jada, this was bad, ill-advised. I know the Virgo in you wanted to go on. It was cold. It was ill-advised. It should not have been done. Uh, you should have did it with Will there because people are already talking shit about you and everything. And I, I know it's not all your fault, Jada. I know that the shit that's going on, it ain't, Will got a lot to his running, his running ass all over the world and ain't facing up to shit. I know this is, you usually get a brunt. And take, are you the man? I see what the fuck's going on, okay? You'll be running shit. You have to man up and do shit sometimes and take the brunt and all that stuff. But you got to, uh-uh. You can't, sometimes you just need to sit back and chill because it's, it's, it's already showing that you, a lot of stuff is following you. People are already blaming you for a lot of stuff. I would have just shut the fuck up until Will was very top. But Gayle Peter Smith, this is according to U.S. Today, is speaking out about the Oscars incident for the first time in an emotional episode of Red Table Talk, about devastating the facts of alopecia. The episode Wednesday was in response to Chris Rock's D.I. Jones joke at the 2022 Academy Awards. Let me see, do I got a trophy? You got a trophy? Let's listen to it, okay? Considering what I've been through with my own health and what happened at the Oscars, thousands have reached out to me with their stories. I'm using this to give our alopecia family an opportunity to talk about what it's like to have this condition and to inform people about what alopecia actually is. Now, about Oscar night, my deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both, and we all actually need one another more than ever. Until then... Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years, and that's keep figuring out this thing called life together. Thank you for listening. Hey, Jada, first of all, it don't look like y'all fucking together because you up there alone, okay? <laughs> and any other time y'all have addressed the shit, he's been there, okay? I got a feeling, Jada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Are you sure it's together? Okay. I'm gonna die, but I digress. That ain't my business right now. What I will say is this, Jada. Uh the alopecia thing, uh, I respect this little show, but that you shouldn't have added the Oscar shit in there because it seemed kind of cold, manipulative, like he was trying to use that night, like, oh, let me use this to, 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 to talk about alopecia. I mean, it just seems It just seemed cold. It just seemed like some shit you just should have chilled on and just did the Red Table Talk show as, with alopecia. And maybe you might have talked about the Austin and said, you know, it hurt a little bit or whatever, as a matter of fact. But I wouldn't have given no full-ass statement in front of the world. Easy to me. It was very Virgo and cold, okay? And I know you a take charge type of chick, Jada. I understand that. But the shit was crazy, okay? I just, I, good luck, Jada. I mean, the shit's a lot. I mean, Jada been, Jada, Jada's got to learn to calm down. And sometimes, you know, you got to back up off of Will's shit. Let, let Will run around here and run away and do whatever he wants. And let, when he, when he ready to come talk, then he need to come talk as a man with you. And y'all go together and make that statement. But you looking at doing it by yourself, it just didn't work for me. Uh, and I don't think it worked for a lot of people. People were mostly saying, you know, laughing. People didn't really take you seriously about it. it was just, and it's sad because you had an interesting topic and a very important topic to talk about. But you you made the topic less valuable by putting in, trying to throw in the Oscar prize, and trying to throw in that. It just it just. It just got muddy, Jada, okay? Now let's talk about Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp this week <laughs> won his case against Amber Heard. Now, if anybody didn't see that coming, shit, everybody saw that shit coming. You know, when I saw it coming with her, first of all, first of all I just figured out Johnny Depp, is he a, is he's a, he's a Gemini. <laughs> he did some of that shit. How did a Scorpio, I mean, a Gemini and a fucking Taurus get together? That shit's crazy. <laughs> that was a wild, that was a wild, that was a wild shit. <laughs> My mother be already talking about, I can never do a Gemini. It appears, you know what I'm saying? Let's see your chart. But Gemini's and Taurus, what, you know who's the Gemini and Taurus, a Gemini and Taurus couple? Queen Elizabeth and uh, Prince Philip. You see all the shit that Prince Philip Elizabeth put that Taurus through. She, she was on the throne. That's why she didn't kill his fucking ass. Probably she didn't put some hits out on his ass. <laughs> the Gemini. Y'all know how y'all roll. You dealing, when you deal with a Gemini, understand you dealing with 20 different motherfuckers. One day you could be dealing with uh, B. The next day you dealing with Dylan. The next day you dealing with Tutu Bear. It depends on what they got in their chart. But just understand, when you deal with them mofos, they come in pairs. <laughs> One day, they saying they, they love you, and the next day, they talking about, I, the other twins talking about, I might love the other person. They don't know what the fuck's going on. This is, this, 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 I, know, I know Johnny Depp drove her to fucking, I know he drove, I know he, I know he drove her crazy. He probably drove her ass to shit that bed. <laughs> But I did believe Johnny Depp over her ass, okay? I, when she the shitting in the bed ever, I was done. When you, when you said you shitting, 
with that. That's got to be a crazy piece of shit in somebody's bed, okay? That's some crazy fucking shit. I thought she had some fucking Scorpio energy. That's some fucking, that's an under, that, but that could be Taurus. It's the opposite of Scorpio. And Taurus can be some, that could be some crazy motherfucker. She got a lot of energy. I think she got a Taurus, uh, Taurus, uh, uh, what she's a Taurus. Uh, her son, and I think her moon is Capricorn or Libra or something. Her shit is wild. <laughs> She's wild as fuck. He's doing some wild shit, too. <laughs> I don't know how they got together. But it says, this is according to Yahoo, it says, some spectators who attended the de- defamation trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard in Fairfax County, Virginia, are now selling their paper wristbands online. Sheriffs at the Fairfax County Courthouse distributed wristbands as crowd control measures at the highly publicized trial, which attracted large numbers of vocal debt fans in particular. Several people who were admitted to the courthouse are now selling disposable color-coded paper wristbands with their date entry on. That's crazy. For they sell them for like five thousand dollars. That's some crazy shit, okay? But uh, the jury found her defamed debt in on all three accounts. Uh, counts and awarding him $10 million in compensatory uh, damages and $5 million in punitive damage. Her was awarded $2 million uh, in damages, but no punitive damages. Compensatory, uh, compensatory, compensatory, compensatory damages. Okay, listen, let me just say this, okay? Uh, <laughs> I believe they both were crazy as fuck. Looking at the astrology, these probably know what it's crazy. Okay? And that Gemini, that Gemini, you know, Gemini's a play by, but that Gemini had time. See, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, it's Gemini season too. He's feeling fucking good. These motherfuckers, they're feeling so good because it's Gemini season. You know, the Gemini, when Gemini season, they just get to acting crazy. They put on a real, you know, they jack or lynn hats. They, you know, they come out here just to terrorize. Terrorize. Let's see who you can fuck with, say. You know, and they do it through the mind. So this motherfucker, what he did is he he just drug her ass all across social media. He drug her ass all across with this court case. He knew this court case was going to that. Remember, Gemini's are air signs. <laughs> they like to work through the communicative air. They air. You know how they call the devil the prince of the. Even though Capricorn usually represents the devil and like the terror and stuff like that, but the Gemini should too. <laughs> They the prince of the air. It's scary. It's scary in Gemini season. And you know in Gemini season, he just went, because she shouldn't have, he, 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 Ambrose is fucked up, definitely fucked up. But I know he manipulated that fuck up, too. He, he, that Gemini. I said, he's a Gemini. Oh, this explains everything. <laughs> and a Jew. And a June one at that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he kind of has Scorpio traits, though. I think because he has his Neptune and Scorpio, so he has a he's very he seems very Scorpion when you look at him. But he is a fucking gem, okay? He's a he's a trickster. And so her funky ass was already crazy, and she had no business dealing with that Gemini. That Gemini smart as fuck, okay? He 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 had time to take your little ass to court when you when you put birth that article and fucked up his shit. They petty, you know. Gemini's a petty, and they're gonna drag you all over social media. They'll drag you through the uh 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 what is it through the uh. Uh, what is it? What they gonna do? 
They're going to put you all out on the air on TV. She, she had to be on that trial every day on TV. What is TV? TV is a communication tool, the jury, everything. His, tra- his trial was a full second. <laughs> he was petty as fuck. <laughs> he probably ain't going to even want the money. He just want to drag her ass. <laughs> when you get with them, you better wreck. Y'all better be ready. Torches especially. <laughs> Because she know her ass is crazy. She know her ass. He drove her so fucking crazy, she shitted in the bed. That's how stupid I saw. I mean, y'all crazy as fuck. But May was too. May was crazy, too. <laughs> he drove the what? Now I'm starting to rethink it. Because I was like, damn. He, I saw his trial. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't see Johnny Depp's trial. I thought Johnny Depp was a Scorpio. But Johnny Depp is a fucking I was like, oh, my God. Yes. He drove her the fuck daddy. You drove that car. Tarsus are already crazy. You drove her so fucking crazy. She shit in the bed on you. She's like, I'm going to shit in the bed and leave a turd here. Because that's how many mind games I'm being put. He's making me want to fight him. <laughs> I know she was abusive. <laughs> and then a little shy twig came out when she was abusive. Because she was feeling... And Jim and I had her all over the place. She was seeing 10 of them. She didn't know who was who. He fucked her. He fucked that Taurus's head up. He did. He did. I know he did. I know what y'all did. He fucked, he fucked that Taurus's head up. Y'all ain't shit. <laughs> they say Scorpio's ain't shit. But Jim and I are crazy. Y'all. We, we the most, we the two Zodiacs that take the, they get the most shit. We are. We the two Zodiacs that really take it on the chin. But them Gemini, we can accept that Scorpio is what you are. The Gemini be like, who me? <laughs> and the other ten be back in the back looking at you like, who me, y'all? <laughs> you like, yeah, all of y'all. Crazy, okay? So now I, my perception of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, yes, Amber Heard is a nut, okay? But Johnny Depp is too. And Johnny Depp, I know what Gemini did. He drove that he drove that Taurus crazy. He 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 drove her to the point where she was crazy, she was abusive. <laughs> and she was gonna miss that. She missed that. She took a miss that. And he was waiting for her ass so she missed that. Petty as fuck with him. Took her he had time to take your ass to court and he put a dagger. It takes a Gemini to put a dagger in the Me Too movement. <laughs> my God. God, we got other stories. Oh, my God. I'm going to try to catch talk about a couple of the other stories on, uh, I didn't get to talk about the young, um, what was it, young, uh, I think the young thug or whatever. I may try to keep, catch a couple of stories in overdrive. So if you guys stay online, I may try to take about five minutes to talk about a couple of other stories. But you guys, we are down to the last three minutes. Listen, thank you guys for hanging out with me so much like you do every day. Oh, my goodness. Um, there, it's another, uh, what was this? It was an interesting story. It was one story I was supposed to eat, end up with, end the story with. Uh, dang it, y'all. I can't think of, um, I was going to end the uh, end the, uh, the show with. Oh, my goodness. Let me see. Which one was it? I'll probably do it in overdrive, okay? But Pastor John Greychild and got two begins. We're going to talk about Dr. Umar and that white woman. <laughs> Dr. Umar got caught out here with the white woman. But allegedly, Dr. Umar said, y'all misinterpreting what y'all saw. 
You ain't trying to holler at no white because you know. Dr. Umar with a white woman. We like, huh? <laughs> so, you know, we're going to talk about that. I was trying to talk about that in the uh, 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 overdrive. I didn't get to talk about Biden's black staff leaving. Okay, we'll try to – I may have to save that for another show. Um, but you guys, thank you guys for hanging out with me like you do every week. I appreciate y'all so much. Listen, I will catch y'all. I Hopefully y'all have a show this week or next week or something like that. But I am out. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Enjoy. Uh, we're going to leave out with uh, – let's leave out with Boo, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, bad Habits. Let's leave out with Bad Habits. It's the CC Show. Bay, we're going to leave that with Bay, Maxwell. I'm out. I'll see y'all. And I'm going to go into overdrive, and I'll talk a little bit in overdrive. archive show okay so uh you can hit me up remember on c chatwood show on twitter i also have an account on there carlotta 72 i'm mostly on the c chatwood show side is where i post articles and stuff like that i hardly talk every now and then but uh you can also hit me up on uh uh carly's underscore galaxy on instagram you can hit me also up where you a lot of you send messages and stuff to the carlotta carlotta chatwood facebook page and if you're interested in being on the show you have book or product or something like that Hit me up through the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, and you can message message me or just follow me or talk to, to you know if you want to comment on some of the articles or some of the topics we may talk about. 
feel free to do that, okay? Uh, and I'm usually on there. I usually try to answer back and stuff on there, too, okay? So the Carolina Chapel Facebook page, all right? All right, okay, a couple of these other stories. Uh, Young Thug denied bond this week, okay? This is according to RonsonSmith.com and uh, via Eleven Alive. It says, last month, rapper Young Thug and 28 others were arrested on RICO charges in a wide-ranging suite. Thug has been denied bond and will remain in custody until trial. Uh, it says a judge in Fulton County, Thursday, Fulton County on Thursday denied bonds to rapper Young Thug accused of sleeping Rico indictment of being leader of the Young Slime Street Gang. An expected trial date, uh, the judge said, would be in January 9, 2023. Prosecutors arguing against bond on Thursday reiterated the charges in the 80-plus page indictment that Young Thug, whose legal name is Jeffrey Williams, is the head of the Young Slime life. Young Thug, they said, is the top dog, the most dangerous man here because he doesn't have to get his hands dirty. He has others in the business. They said they had a statements from YSL gang members that he is dangerous. They are afraid of him and that if they cross him, he will kill them and their family and that he is one, he is one they are all afraid of and he's the one that the king slime. He's pulling the shots. Young Thug's Thug's attorneys presented several witnesses on Thursday to testify to counter this image of the rapper, pointing to involvement in support for the community, as well as private investigators who testified about the logistics of potential home confinement and the feasibility. <sighs> Listen, dude, I'll just tell you this. You're in trouble, man. They already said, they, they stitching, okay? I mean, listen, there is no honor among things. And, and no piece should believe this. You should never believe it. I've never understood people talking about no snitching. Ain't no snitching. You don't need them. Yes, they do. They snitch. That's because you and you got rats in that type of uh, uh, world because it's a ratty world. When you got junk all around you and dirt and grime, rats breathe in that shit, okay? So you, when you the head of something, you can't be surprised when motherfuckers start snitching. Even if you wasn't, if you wasn't the head, they snitching on you. You shouldn't have been caught up with these Negroes that's out here when you was trying to be a rapper. When you a rapper, you rap, and you live in you you stop living dumb dumb thuggery. You become an actor at that point. He's allegedly out here trying to live it like it's real. That's some dumb shit. That's the dumbest shit ever. Now your whole life made to go. That's some dumb shit. Okay, an update on Speedy Pies. Okay. You was talking about speedy pies, and I didn't get to finish about Miss Robbie. Did I get to tell about that part about Miss Robbie? What happened? On, let me see. Let me, uh, man who killed grandson of Speedy Pies founders, Speedy Pie founder, pleads guilty. Okay, uh, Travel Hill, Travel Hill was convicted of one count of conspiracy to commit murder for hire, and another account count of murder for hire in 2016, killing of Andre Montgomery Jr. One of the four defendants in a murder for hire case involving the star of the reality TV show, Welcome to Sweetie Pie, pleaded guilty Friday in federal court. Okay, Travel Hill, 30, was convicted of one count of conspiracy to commit murder for hire and another count of murder for hire in March. Okay, uh, they say Montgomery, who was 21 when he was killed, is the grandson of Robin Montgomery, the founder of the soul food restaurant Sweetie Pies. In the plea agreement, Hill admitted that he shot and killed Montgomery on March 14, 2016, outside a home in the 3900 block of National Bridge Avenue in exchange for several thousand dollars. That's it. What the fuck? 
on th- on on Wednesday on on the day of of the murder, he met James Timothy Norman, who is Andre Montgomery Jr.'s uncle and Robert Montgomery's son, near the Clinton Peabody Housing Complex south of downtown St. Louis, for a discussion. After the meeting, it was Hill's understanding that Norman wanted to wanted Hill to kill Montgomery. Also on that day, Norman forty three and Teresa. Ellis, who are both also charged with conspiracy to commit murder for hire and murder for hire, brought the activated prepaid cell phones from Walgreens in the Central West End neighborhood. Ellis told Norman to initiate all further communication communication with her using the newly purchased cell phone, according to the indictment. During the meeting near the housing complex where Hill lived, Norman told Hill Ellis that Ellis would call him later that day with Montgomery's location. Hill then obtained a 380 caliber semi-automatic handgun from someone who lived near his apartment. He chose that type of gun because it was small and could be easily concealed inside his sweatshirt. The person who gave the gun to him was not named in court documents. About 7.07 p.m., Montgomery texted his location, 3964 Natural Bridge, to Ellis, who then relayed the address to Hill and Norman. Mm-mm-mm. This is sad. I don't even want to read the rest of it. It's so, so damn sad. It take a, it's a long article, but y'all can read that on Five on Your Side, www.ksdk.com. But Tim, it looked like he's going to go to jail without the victim. Directly passed up. Miss Bobby, I don't know if this is true. I don't see no way he's getting out of this. That's a damn shame. He ain't even getting no insurance money. That's how dumb the fuck the idea is. I mean, he's just done. Didn't get no insurance money. Just just killed that man for nothing. And this dummy going around shooting somebody for uh, uh, several thousand dollars. See how cheap people will take your life? Dumbass. Spend that in a day. Idiot. Sad. Just a sad story. Uh, y'all say Dr. Umar. Dr. Umar said he is not out here messing with no white woman. Y'all need to cut that out. <laughs> I was going to talk about Dr. Uh, uh, Pastor Gray getting caught cheating again, but gee, Pastor Gray, just get a, just get single out in these streets, man. Quit playing, man. You're not happy. Whatever the situation is, man, you're not happy. It's okay. Go and get single out in these streets and live your best life. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you're you constantly getting caught cheating. Shit, it's a lot. Lot. Just back, just give shit, just give it up. Just stop that. Get single out here. <laughs> Doctor Uber goes viral after video suggested he was pan African pale face pimping. <laughs> this is according to hiphopwired dot com. That's their uh, thing, not mine. But they said. Uh, uh, Dr. Umar is known for strong views as a pan-Africanist and educator. Johnson was seen on a smartphone video speaking to a white woman that has since gone viral. But Dr. Umar says it's not has a seat. Boy, they're going to have that for all kind of means. But uh, he says, uh, they said Dr. Hill was, Dr. Umar was at, this is what they said on Twitter, uh, Ashtray said Dr. Umar was at Cherry Hill Mile Ball. Uh, Cherry Hill Mall Bowl was, wasn't low. Okay, let me see. Bow wasn't low. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chaper, his head. Sorry to that white woman too. Yeah, they got his good. 
They said he said, Yes, I was at Cherry Hill Mall today. My iPhone crashed last night and the closest Apple store was an available appointment today was in Jersey. As I was leaving the mall, I stopped at a kiosk to view the instant and crystal. That non African woman is simply the vendor. Y'all better not have him twisted out in these streets. <laughs> Joshua also fired a off a statement on Instagram denying he was doing anything that betrays his cultural stance. Why did you dusty uh, snow bunny loving beta males lose out the footage of me taking a pic with the brother? That would have given context to the conversation with the vendor. Why did you remove the footage of me paying for my incense? Lastly, why did you uh, not show me walking off? After the pic uh, with the brother, she asked who I was. I told her when she pulled her phone out and searched me on YouTube, the Breakfast Club videos popped up first on the feed. I simply pointed to those videos on her phone and said, that's me. (laughs) 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 And the one of the memes is funny. They got him talking. They got uh, this dude, Rod. He said, by Mr. Magnesia, when the devil made you, he broke the bone, doctor. (laughs) Y'all leave, doctor. Doctor Uber, you know if they talk to you with any white woman out in these streets, they're going to have a field day because Dr. Uber is so against interracial relationships. So it's a, uh, hilarious. It's a funny thing that he's over here. It looks like he's, you know, backing, but it can, it can be misconception. Like he, he said, you know, he explained what it was, but funny as shit. Okay, y'all, that's the last story we're going to end it with tonight. You guys, again, thank you so much for hanging out with me like you do every weekend. I appreciate you guys listening to me, listening to me uh, talk on some of the hot topics or some of the things I feel are hot topics out here in these streets. Um, Listen, I have fun and I talk about, cele- I get celebrity commentary. I don't know these people. I just have a good time and laugh and joke about the world. Uh, sometimes I listen back and I go, ooh, I didn't mean to say that or whatever. But I hope you guys get a laugh and get fun and you have fun with it and enjoy uh, the show as much as I enjoy giving it to you guys. So thank you guys so much. I'm out. I will see you sometime soon with another show, okay? We're going to leave out with, uh, you know that I love you, Donnell Jones. I'm out. See ya. Oh, I thought I was going to leave out there. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys. <laughs> We're going to leave that with Donnell Jones. You know that I love you. I'm out. See y'all. Bye. <laughs>